Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, you bet. Um, I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. And we have a fourth gal this episode. <gasps> I'm Andrew. <laughs> hey. Andrew. We have a very special guest, Andrew Gerza, a.k.a. The Queer Cripple, on the podcast. We're so excited. Hi, Um, Andrew. We love you. Andrew hosts the podcast Disability After Dark, and he is also the creator of the viral hashtag, hashtag disabled people are hot. Fucking right. Yeah, they are. Yeah. We are so excited. Following We've already- like the dramatic story arc surrounding the creation of this hashtag has been <laughs> the driving force of my life for the last month. Wow. It's been a real blessing. I've never heard it described as a dramatic story arc. Please. I love it. Break it down for me. What? <laughs> I mean, I just, A, I love how open and candid you are about, like, obviously the success and the amazing uh, reach of the hashtag, but also, like, the shit dicks that are kind of crapping on it, and also people who are trying to claim that they created it, which, like, clearly they did not. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) come on, there are receipts. There are literal, like, Like, receipts on Twitter. And there's, like, international, like, BBC, um, I've done stuff to say (laughs) that I made it. Like, like, and, you know, I don't really care if people want to do that, but it's like, come on, really? Really? It's just funny, because there's no way you're going to win that argument. You Like Kenyon said, you've saved all the receipts. The paper trail is there. You fucking created it. It's real. You're amazing. So, well, we're so glad to have you. I am so <laughs> excited to be here today. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's been a we long have, time in the works. Mm-hmm. It has, because we guested on Andrew's podcast, Disability After Dark, when? Way back when? Back in like September? Ago. September, yeah. 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 Lo- God, like, that was oh my fun. God. Has it been that If you that haven't long? listened to that episode or every episode of Disability After Dark, go. I mean, episode mm-hmm. 103, and it's the highest rated episode of the show right now, still. Oh, oh my oh, God. Hell yeah. Dude. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's bump it up even higher, guys. Come on. Let's don't let do them catch shit. up. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> Move over, Joe Rogan. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, this has been a long time in the making. We're so excited that it's happening, and I'm ready to announce the episode topic because I almost forgot to do that. Let's do it. (laughs) I almost asked you for the wine pairing and we're not there yet. So the topic of this very special gals pick episode is ableism crimes. Fucking right. Yes. So much to unpack. So So much to unpack. So much to learn. Um, so we're going to need some wine to get through this episode. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Amanda, what is our wine crime pairing for ableism was, crimes? This pairing was a collaborative effort. So thank you, Andrew, for your suggestions as well. We are drinking the Lookout Ridge Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. And they provided some really great tasting notes. So I just wanted 
to use those for the time being. Um, <laughs> quote, this sensuous Pinot is low mm. in tannins with a smooth, creamy mouthfeel. Yup, love it. You've got my vote. Um, Vanderkamp's trademark has a smoky roast meat and forest floor quality. <laughs> so so you just well wrestle by the wild boar to the ground, uh, yeah, rub it in quality. some dirt, liquefy <laughs> it, drink it. Got it, it is well framed by it. aromas of dark cherry and hints of deep, sweet cola. We call what? it pap. This cola. paints a very vivid picture. <laughs> um, this vineyard located near the top of Sonoma Mountain on the north facing slope at the highest elevation of all the Pinot Noir vineyards in Sonoma County is known for its ideal climate and rich rocky soil, which helped produce the best quality Pinot Noir, which is super freaking cool. If I were smart enough to like really get into geology and weather patterns and like actually mm. get my sommelier licensing, Terroir. I would know. Yeah. So much more about how climate mm -hmm. affects the growth of grapes. And it's, it's so great, awesome. baby. Someday. I wrote a I story on the terroir of different whiskeys. Mm -hmm. It's so Ooh. cool. There yeah, are so many cool. different things there. You want to get your geology and weather person's license to do Somalia. <sighs> so many. <laughs> it's oh, too much. Lord. This is why there are so few actual, like, fully fledged Somalias in the world because it's an in, it's so hard it's yeah, you such basically a hard have to program. know everything and you're then a wine doctor channel it to wine. <laughs> wine yeah doctor. you're a wine doctor scientist you're a brain surgeon wine ecologist <laughs> you're a wine ecologist <laughs> and also you could go on a spaceship okay so the cool foggy mornings <laughs> the warm afternoons and the light breezy evenings help create a grape rich with flavor mm. um so essentially they're going super above and beyond and being super extra by saying that this is like a really nice rich deep pinot noir with a lot of complexity that there is a little bit of like a sweetness on the back end that sweet cola but that you're also going to get those very classic pinot noir flavors of dark cherry um and yeah, I forest love that floor. smoky roast meat and forest floor quality mm. in a wine. <laughs> I'm so mm -hmm. hungry. That makes me not want to have wine ever again. A smoky it makes <laughs> forest floor. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, a like turkey Pinot leg Noirs. at a renaissance festival is what it makes me want to do. Better than the tasting note that Amanda had for us last week, which was dust. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, dust. I laugh for a good five minutes. Don't worry. Yep. My fave. <laughs> Quaffable um, dust. This is 14.3% ABV, so nice and uh, luscious for a Pinot. Oh. And you're probably wondering why this was picked as mm -hmm. our pairing. And it's because Lookout Ridge has a really cool program where they donate a wheelchair for every case purchased in their program, <gasps> Wine for Wheels. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Love that's it. super fucking awesome. Good. And if we can promote this wine and help sell some more so that more yeah. wheelchairs can be donated to people who need them, then yeah. holy shit, we're drinking for a cause. Then we're helping we with the wildfire damage. We should damage. buy a case. We Let's should buy a, buy a case. case. I'm down for that. I'll put some money into yeah. that case. I, yeah. yeah. All right. All right, let's, let's do it. So you, it. Can, you can remember it by saying, look out, ableism is everywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice connection. Yeah. Lucy, you're learning so much from how I loosely attach the pairings. I'm like a proud mom right now. Tons. You're misting. 
I am. <laughs> I'm dabbing the corner of my eyes with a tissue. I also am channeling Kenyon's horrible jokes that she's been making lately now that she's had more sleep. <laughs> Your yeah. puns have been both on fire and concerning. Yeah. Cringe-worthy. I've been, getting, I've been getting like 12 solid hours of sleep a night, you guys. It is a amazing. Wow, girl. What I would yeah. give for 12 hours of solid sleep a night. What I would Every night? That's amazing. Okay, shall we pop this open Let's with potentially, it. if you own one, a nice pop wine opener yes yeah. let's do it and if you don't own one you can get it at our online store at wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com mm-hmm. among other amazing merchandise items that we offer mm-hmm. great okay <laughs> is everybody ready i'm yeah. ready so ready here we go uh... oh, nice Look out for that pop. Mm, Intersectional pop. Donating a wheelchair pop. Pop a wheelie. Pop a wheelie. (laughs) (laughs) Nailing it. So good. Oh, my Lord. I'll keep my ableist jokes to a minimum throughout the rest of the show. I I give you permission (laughs) to let them fly today. Yes. I I have so few. All okay. right, La, as we pour and drink, what is our background in psych for ableism crimes? Well, this week, I decided not to tell you all about ableism, but rather interview our very special guest, Andrew, about yes. his experience so he can tell us some fucking things about ableism. I, I like it. Yes, I like I'm down for this so much. I love it. Thank you, Andrew, for your enthusiasm. Any so let's <laughs> let's just start out. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. I know you're Canadian, which is like super foreign and exotic to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, tell us about your podcast, your businesses, because I know you do so much cool stuff. And then also maybe touch on your disability. If you yeah, wouldn't mind. No sure. wonder you can't get 12 hours of sleep a night. You're fucking busy, dude. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you're everywhere. I'm fucking yeah. busy. Fucking you're so busy. busy. I'm busy fucking maybe also that. Yes, <laughs> yes. my king. You got to make time. I mean, so what else was I? Uh, so first, let me give a quick definition of what ableism is in case people are listening and being like, what's that? Because people yeah. don't hear, talk about it enough. So ableism, just so we're all clear, is the discrimination against... A person with a disability for being disabled. So if you, if you say like, I'm trying to think of a common example. If you say like, oh, you can't walk. Why is that? Because you're disabled. Then you're being an ableist. Or if you deny somebody mm. access to a space that they should have access to because of their mm-hmm. disability, you're being an ableist. Um, mm-hmm. I have a perfect example of that, which happened yesterday, and I got so pissed off. I looked down the street from my house. And one of my neighbors, a few houses down, I don't actually know them, otherwise I probably would have done something about this, but they have been consistently parking their car, like, beyond their driveway, so it completely mm. blocks the sidewalk. Oh, no. I'm like, what the fuck no. if I was in a wheelchair or something, you and know? Like, mm-hmm. it's po- no, it's possible that your neighbor has an invisible disability, but they probably don't. But they might. They're kind of jerks in yeah, other ways. Yeah, it's possible so her neighbor's assuming- just a dick. So then they're being ableist by um, just not just being blinded by their privilege of being abled. Yeah. You know, and that's that alone is an assumption. But it's just a lack. It's a lack of knowledge, really. And so the lack of knowledge 
around disability and what disability rights are and all that stuff really leads to just able people just being ableism is just a bigger way of saying you're being ignorant around the fact that I'm disabled. Let's stop. Mm-hmm. But people don't talk about it enough because it's not on the same level as say racism or other prejudices because people think that disabled people should be grateful for whatever we have. And if we get mad about something right. we, don't, we can't have, then people get angry that we're mad about it, which is not how it should go. Mm. Well, wouldn't you also say that uh, ableism is like someone seeing somebody out on the street, like just quote unquote conquering all of their limitations and being like, oh, you're so brave. Oh, yeah. That's totally, it's so that, brave of you to be out here so interacting brave. with you're the inspiring. world. Yeah. Oh, the, Shit like that. I, the, I want the word inspiring stricken from like... <laughs> any any descriptor of me because I'm like I can't please don't call me and they're like no no right. because it's just so mm-hmm. because even if people well you you can be inspiring for all of the work that you've done yeah and your exactly. activism and your advocacy you're not inspiring because you happen to have a disability and are living your life it's super mm-hmm. condescending but it's so hard right. because you never know what. You never know when a non-disabled person says you're inspiring. You're never really sure, like, oh, are you inspired by my work? Or were you just inspired because mm. I breathed today? Like, what? I don't right. know. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important also, we touched on it a little bit, but, like, when it comes to ableism, it's not just issues of accessibility. Like, I feel like that's kind of where the conversation sometimes starts and stops yep. for a lot of folks where they're like, well, there's a there's a ramp. It's like, okay, like that's not, Mm -hmm. that's not the alpha and omega of this issue. Like it's, it's discrimination. It is the tyranny of low expectations. It is the words that we use. Yeah. The language, the way that if I get, if I can get into the place, but then no one talks to me or no one looks at me or no one wants to hang out because there's there's all, there's a whole bunch of other layers to it. So it's a lot more complex than just you built a ramp, therefore you're not labeless. And I think I should also point out, too, that I am a disabled person and I deal with ableism and internalize ableism mm-hmm. all the time. So it's not just because mm-hmm. I'm disabled and I'm talking about it and I'm trying to combat it doesn't mean that I also don't deal with it. Mm-hmm. So it's everywhere. And it doesn't. It also doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. I think we're all ableist, just like we're all racist and we're all mm-hmm. we're all these mm-hmm. things. Misogynists. Yeah. It's yeah. all internalized. Absolutely. It's a product of our society and you can be aware of it and you can work to improve it. Um, but on some level it's in, it's inherent in all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like skincare. You got to regularly exfoliate. We <laughs> <laughs> internalized. Can on. you relate absolutely we, every like complicated concept to like the goop podcast, which <laughs> is like learning about self-care. It's so true. The it's gel. my favorite thing. You've made so many parallels between use I've of been... the gel and social justice issues. <laughs> Listening to the Goop podcast all day long. Yeah, I can tell. God, I can feel you glowing all the way from South Africa. Your skin looks incredible. Thank you. Bitch has been jade rolling. Glow (laughs) up. But I think it's an apt metaphor. It is better than cats and wigs inside your body right now. <laughs> She's just doing kegels with like marbles. Oh my oh, god. No. She has a marble egg in there for sure. <laughs> oh, okay. Whatever. Speaking of uh sexual organs, Andrew, yes. can you tell us a little bit um about your podcast and 
your platform, especially when it comes to sex, because I feel like that is an oft overlooked uh, aspect of disabled people's lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. My podcast is the Disability After Dark podcast, available on all the platforms every Tuesday. And mm. I talk about basically anything to do with sex and disability with a guest or by myself. I, I share that stuff because I don't think there's enough discussion around sexuality and disability. And if there is, it tends to be sanitized for non-disabled people. And I was like, fuck mm. that. I want to do a show that's really dirty and really funny and really like, Real about real, and, yeah. yeah. Really honest it's about so sex and disability. Good. So I mean, I do that, which is which I love doing, and I love having guests on. I love having I loved having you on. It was so fun to just sit and gab for an hour and mm-hmm. chat about stuff and be asked questions from people who genuinely wanted to know. So I love that. I just think it's a great it's a great platform because podcasting is really accessible for disabled people because all they need is a mic and a computer and a thought mm-hmm. and then you can make a show so i think it's, it's a really i love doing it i love that it's one of the only shows out there really talking about sex and disability so i'm really really proud of it we're yeah. proud of it too Amazing. we love you so yes. inspiring <laughs> <laughs> you're such a bitch so good <laughs> Uh, where are you with your line of sex toys? My oh yeah, the sex toys. So things are happening that I can't discuss right now. Ooh, but things are moving ahead. We are we are about halfway there in terms of donations. So if people still want to donate, they can head over to deliciouslydisabled.ca slash donate. And what that will bring you to is our GoFundMe page because we are trying to create the first line of sex toys. For people with disabilities, by people with disabilities. So, oh my god, we should pop that link on our blog too for this yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. This is. Can you say I'm it like, one more time? So excited yeah. about this. Deliciouslydisabled.ca slash donate. All right, classy right Canada.ca. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. So just in terms of your background, Andrew, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself personally and? Yeah. What you do besides be so inspiring? Uh, <laughs> Stop fucking saying So good. That. So good. I stand for it. I'm here for it so hard. Um, you have to take a drink every time Lucy calls you inspiring. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Every time you're giving her a lot of power. Wasted. We're going to get fucked up today. Um, uh, <laughs> so what I do, I mean, I'm a blogger. I'm a presenter. I'm a podcaster. I like 80s pop. I like bad Chinese food. I also yes. have IBS. Yes. Like, what up? Hey. You're speaking yeah. my Hello. language. Yeah. Um, Same. Not a drinker, weirdly enough. but um, That's okay. We got you covered there. I'm on the wine and crime show, so cool. We're Woo. drinking enough for all of you. Amazing. <laughs> uh, what other things should I tell you about my awesome self? Uh, well, just you're can- you live in Toronto, right? Toronto, Canada, yes. Oh my yes. god. It is so exotic, exotic. Toronto, Canada. <laughs> um so take us through a typical day for you. Actually, before we get there, I just want to clarify that the term disabled is what is your preferred term, most accepted right? now, right? Can we I talk would, about terminology quick? Yeah, I mean I would say so for me disabled and, and disability are my are my preferred terms. It really depends on the person that you're talking with. I think much like how we're doing with the trans community and the non-binary community, how we're asking like what are your pronouns? I think mm-hmm. it's important that we ask also like hey, so 
I noticed you have a disability or you mentioned you have an invisible disability. How would you like me to discuss that? And if the person says, like, call me differently abled, I would hate that. But if, the, if that's mm-hmm. what the person wants to be called, <laughs> then you follow suit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For me, disabled, because it's just it, it is what it is and there's no, like weird euphemism if you were to be like hey are you handy capable i'd be like oh no i don't think we get can. out yeah <laughs> yeah that's a rough so, one and handicapped is not appropriate handicapped really was appropriate and it is still used in the states a lot for to discuss disability it's not really what a lot of us prefer but the people who create the laws don't listen to us so they use that term a lot but it really it should just be disabled or disability mm-hmm. okay, okay. But if anybody fucks up today, it's okay. I also think people Call are, us out. should be allowed to fuck up a little bit and should be allowed mm-hmm. to make mistakes. And I'm not going to like, I don't think it's fair. Disabled people have a right to be mad, but I think you have to temper that with, was there malice behind what the person said? No? Okay. Try to help them if you want to, or if you have the energy to. I think mm-hmm. right. we need to, as a community, as a disabled community, I get why we're upset because I'm angry too, but it doesn't help to be constantly tearing someone down when they're just trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Can you talk quickly about your hashtag, Disabled People Are Hot, and what prompted you to create it and, and what And how we can get Selma Blair it? on your show. And yes. <laughs> and so the whole... <gasps> and with the last part, hang on, I missed like two parts of that. Try again. We want to know how we can get Selma Blair on your show. I want to know how I can get someone Blair on my show. Could somebody <gasps> figure that out? Uh, seriously. <laughs> Come get Selma. Somebody get Selma on the line. Selma, I know you have somebody who listens to Whining Crime and my show probably yeah, together. one of your interns. Come on. Like some one of your PAs, you know they li- figured it out. Yeah, um, so the hashtag. I was, I was bored, honestly. I just was bored one day on Twitter, and I literally typed in disabled people are hot. Not even as a hashtag, just as a, a sentence first, and I put it there. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to go look and see if there's a hashtag of this when you, that's with these words. And I was sure there had been already because it's like some some disability activist has beat me to the punch. I'm sure it's already there. And I looked and it was like, this hashtag has never been used before. And I was like, no oh way. Oh, my God. That's so insane. I ran with it and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this my, I'm going to just go with it. And I said, if anybody has a picture of themselves that makes themselves, that makes them feel good, that makes them feel happy and you're disabled, post it here. And I thought, okay, I'll get five or six likes, I'll get some retweets, and then it'll be done. By morning time, my Twitter was, I had thousands of mentions. I had pictures from all over the world, and it just blew off. I I wasn't expecting it to be anything. I love that so much. And some of those photos are, I mean, I've I've looked at some of them. They're gorgeous. Yeah. Also, your photos on your website are hot. I mean. Not to be uh, creepy, but like. Let's talk about that because I will need a moment (laughs) (laughs) alone with Andrew. That makes me me so, you don't even understand. I like dudes, but that makes me. Yeah, Andrew's like, I'm not trying to attract you, but cool. (laughs) I mean, sometimes a fly trap catches other things, you know? (laughs) It's just your sticky, sticky web (laughs) is calling to me. Oh, no. (laughs) That was a cum joke, everybody. That was a cum joke. Oh, we got it. Oh, my God. Sticky web. Sticky web. We were there. Uh, Okay, so put us... Put us in your shoes. Put us in your chair. Take us mm. through a typical day for you. Like, what's your routine? And also, if you can tell us some of the biggest challenges that you face every day, just so we and our listeners can kind of get a feel for 
you know, what what a what a disabled person in your particular circumstance ha- deals with every day. Yeah, I, I should just what make level that. of inspirational you are. Oh, oh my god, god. drink! Uh, I'm ready. I'm so drink. ready. <laughs> so I get up in the morning and I thank the world that I'm still breathing and that no. <laughs> so I mean, I get up in the morning and I have I have care workers that come and get me up. So every day at eight thirty. Uh, they get me up out of my bed, which is a horrible time to get up, but I don't have a choice because it's they have to help 24 other people get up in the day. So you have mm. to take what you can get. So every morning I get up at 8.30, they help me in the bathroom and they help me with like special catheters in my dick, which is really fun first thing in the morning. To oh, pee. God. And then, I've had a catheter, not the best, oh, girl. It's, it's, I mean, I do. I just did it before I spoke to you. It's super yeah. fun. I love it. Let's have a whole episode about our UTIs. I'm so ready. (laughs) Sign me up. I will come back and I have stories about those. So know it. um, Then you know I have a shower. I use the bathroom, and they help me like get in a special sling to use the bathroom, and then they dress me up and put me in my chair. And then from there, I spend the whole day figuring out how the fuck I'm gonna make some money today as a disabled person, and what can I Mm. like? How can I turn this lived experience into a job? Yep, mm-hmm. you hustling. Yeah, yeah. It's the hustle it. every day. Um, well, you're really good at hustling. <laughs> it's the har- I I hate it. I mean, I love I love what I do, but I also wish that I could just like sit there and be like, yeah, the money will roll in, no worries. But I'm right. always constantly, you know, you're small business owners, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. We definitely absolutely um, the hustle is a struggle and the struggle every is other real. Friday. I mean, yeah. shit, freelancer mm-hmm. for life. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. the biggest challenges I face really are just people being ignorant. I, I'm a pretty happy guy. Like I'm a big, as you can tell, I'm a huge dork. I like to, I joke around. <laughs> I'm really playful, but I think a lot of the time people don't see that side of me because they want to see the inspirational side. And it's like, no, if you would talk to me for three seconds, you'd realize that I have the capacity to be a big asshole too. Like it's all right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> You're yep. a personal human being. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, you're um, not an angel because you're disabled. I mean, you're just a person. I'm an angel because I'm I am, but yeah, yes. right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm an angel first. Damn I'm right. disabled way down the list. I mean, I'm a disabled <laughs> angel first. There you go. There it is. There we are. There it is. <laughs> so, um, what has is there anything that comes to mind that um, b- being disabled has taught you about yourself or about others or just the world in general that you would never have learned otherwise? I mean, I feel like there are a lot of things, which is why you're doing what you do. But if there's like one overarching, you know, even if it's like people are generally assholes. I mean, it's <laughs> fucking funny being disabled. It's, 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 and not to sound all inspirational, but it's... <laughs> It's a Are we drinking when Andrew says drink? it too? Yes. Anytime I mean, it's said. Yeah. Just the fucking word inspirational. The I word. I'm just going to be over here typing it randomly into my notes so that Stop. we get more fucked no. up. Yeah. I mean, That's unfair. Yeah. Not to be inspirational, but it, it's my disability has given me my job. It's given me my mm-hmm. like livelihood. It's, it's funny. And it's, shit happens to me as a disabled person that, that I... It would not happen to me if I wasn't disabled. Things like locking my lover out of my bedroom and being unable to open the door for him when we're trying to fuck. Oh, like, stuff like that. And it's it, it sounds horrible, but it's a, that's a memory that I, I like. I love because it's it would only happen to me. And like it's something. It's a story that I tell constantly because 
it's one, like one of the funny moments that happens when you're disabled. So it's, it's being disabled is fucking funny, and we should like. There's humor in there. There's a and I I wouldn't. There are definitely days where I'm like, fuck, I wish I could walk today. But right. like, and to say that I don't have those feelings is just not true. I love my disability and I love that part of myself. But there are definitely moments where I'm like, fuck, I want to be able. I wish I could do that today, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to just like getting up and having a shower when I want to. Like mm-hmm. that would mm-hmm. be. It's Sunday, you know. It's Sunday when we're recording, and I would have loved to get up at eleven and have a shower when I wanted to. I didn't. I don't have that option. So things like yeah. that. Um, but I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't change it for the world. I, I love what it's brought me, and I love that it's allowed for me to do cool things like this and to be on one of the like biggest podcasts in America. Um, <laughs> not quite, but he's not whatever. talking about ours. You, you, he's not talking about our show. Whatever. You were on the BBC recently. I mean, you that one counts. You were, you were on Rolling, was it Rolling Stone the other day? We were definitely on the cover of Rolling Stone in print. I don't know Tell how anybody everyone. missed that. I mean, bow down. I'm not worthy. Let's, let's review. We are fucking inspiring. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> Drink. Um, um, have you been disabled your whole life? Yeah. Or, I, yeah. Okay. I was usually with cerebral palsy. It happens before birth, during birth, or after birth. So I was three months early. Hey. And yeah, then, you could wow. not wait. You were ready to be in the world. I was ready. Bursting out, alien style. Damn. <laughs> Through well, the stomach. That's, sort of what ha- that's actually sort of what happened. My mom was at a party in L.A. for Cinco de Mayo, and I was like, fuck you. I'm, at, I'm coming out. <laughs> I yes. want a party. Party yeah. time. <laughs> I, I want a margarita. That. I bet a bunch of pregnant listeners just like shot up and were like, I, I got to build the crib. I, uh, oh my God. Yes. Three months early. Holy shit. And I like the idea that we have, quote, a bunch of pregnant listeners. You know you do. You know. We probably do. That there are pregnant women who are like, or men, pregnant people in the world mm-hmm. yeah. who are like, the minute this baby comes out, I want to try that wine they just talked about on that show. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. They're Someone's got a running down. list. Yeah. <laughs> Someone presents it to them in the hospital. Amanda, didn't your sister like just drink Jameson? We yeah, had Jameson. Yep. I don't know <laughs> if she. she I think oh, maybe so she inspiring. had like a sip. But my brother-in-law and his brothers <laughs> were like dr- shooting back Jameson nips when their first when the first baby was born. <laughs> Oh, oh hell yes! Wow. Get it into the breast milk. Let's do this. <laughs> Quiet that child down. Oh no, I got a long it's way fine. to go. It's fine. The emails you receive from that are gonna be so great. <laughs> Straight to Derek. Straight to Derek. Derek. Holder. Yeah, I'm not having kids, so nobody needs to worry about the welfare of my children. You could save that call to CPS, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Becky. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit, I'm sure, about, like, laws surrounding um, folks with disabilities. And I know that the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, obviously applies to Americans. Mm. Yeah, Lots of room for improvement there. It was passed in the 90s. I don't even know if it's 1990. like... 1990. How mm-hmm. it gets... Yeah, 1990. If it, Does it get like update? I mean, assuming it gets updated every now and then, but... It, it does, but it only focuses on employment and employment discrimination typically and the things you are mandated by law to do. So it doesn't actually focus mm-hmm. on like things like ableism and things like discrimination. It doesn't focus on that. It focuses on if you don't have a ramp here, we're going to... You're in trouble. It doesn't uh-huh. focus on like if the person treats you like shit, 
we're going to hold them accountable for that. So it's it's good to have it, of course, but it doesn't do enough. It just doesn't do enough. And the same with the laws in, in Ontario here. There's a law called the uh, Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act. So long and so stupid. Um, <laughs> because... It doesn't actually the act that is for up. people who live in the general area of Ontario <laughs> who may or may not have disabilities. This who is identify an act as Ontarians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it doesn't actually do anything because it it too is for discrimination around um, the law around uh, employment and things like that and customer service and stuff like that. But it came into effect in I believe 2012. No, before it actually became into effect in 2005. But there's four moving parts: customer service, uh, employment, discrimination, and something else. And which I can't remember because I don't care about it enough. But it that <laughs> <laughs> that's, that says it all, really. It doesn't do anything, and nobody's enforcing it. So the law's on the books, but no one's enforcing it. So if you, if you go into a business and your customers say, and they don't have a ramp, you no one is there being like, hey, you don't have a ramp. Like, you right. should figure that out. So it doesn't actually do anything. So the laws are great, but they're not actually enforced, and they're not consulted enough with actual disabled people to make sure the law makes sense. It just kind of and feels like a bare, a sweeping bare minimum and doesn't really address, like, right. anybody's day-to-day actual challenges no. or struggles. No. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the day-to-day stuff is like, is like, oh, no, my care worker showed up late today i can't get out of bed like that's a day-to-day right the law about that right Mm -hmm. right yeah you gotta it's like i gotta pee where are you yeah yeah exactly yeah um also republicans in the senate uh blocked the u.s from signing the what was it international convention on the rights of persons with disabilities disabilities. yeah exactly and they would they're like i I don't know. I was in like a weird internship. So I was like there for some of the Senate hearings, like just taking notes and the like talking points from the Republicans who were against it were like, it was so random. It was like, they were just grasping at straws to say no to this thing. They were like, well, I mean, then the UN is going to get rid of homeschooling. You're like, what? Like it just made no sense. That's what they were saying. And it, and it worked. They didn't, we haven't signed it, as but, far as I know. But then, I mean, Trump is a, you're, you're in the trash fire that it's Trump land right now. So, oh, oh, my, my God, we really are. Oh, I almost forgot. God damn it, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Canada doesn't have it much better. I know you're swooning over Justin Trudeau, but he's kind of a dick. Yeah, really? there's been some stuff lately. He's kind of a yeah. big lying sack of dickwadness. I don't. Oh yeah. no, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, so inundated not- with how horrific every like the news cycle is here in the U.S. that I am unaware of any issues outside of our country right I now. I mean, he's got <laughs> I'm too bombarded. With, he's got issues with First Nations, Indigenous people. He yeah, kicked somebody out it. of ca- the cabinet here the other day because they stood up to him and he fired them because they like went against what he said. So he's Pretty, yes, but he's a quiet, like, and all the same shit's happening here that it is over the, over there, but just quieter and nicer. That's the, Well, he has much better Canadian. hair, so we will mm. give him a pass. I'm I mean, <laughs> I mean, he kind of looks like, vote for Trump, he sort so. of looks like my lesbian aunt, so I've never understood. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
I think yeah. he looks like live-action Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> oh, yeah. my lord. Well, no, Prince Eric had dark hair, but yeah. Can we break into a Little Mermaid sing-along? I'm so ready. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and a one, and a two, and <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to wrap up my section with just one last question. And really, you can kind of say whatever you want, but if there's like one overall thing that you wish everyone knew regarding folks with disabilities, what would it be? Or like one thing you want to say to like the whole world? Um, disabled people are fucking awesome, and you should... Just know that and start there and realize that they're people too. And just don't be a don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. Don't it. be it a dick. It seems so simple and yet people struggle with that concept so often. Every day, so but mightily. every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have All two right. little I have one little cross stitch and one little painted mirror in my house, and the mirror says don't be stupid, and the cross stitch says don't be a dick. Amazing. Just the two things I need to remind myself of every single day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm trying to do my part. Better get it tattooed. I tried to convince Amanda to put don't be stupid above her door as she was like like to exit her home mm-hmm. above <laughs> leaving the door. every day. Don't be stupid. She wouldn't. To be do fair, it. the only reason I put it above the door, like the little passway into my kitchen the only reason i didn't put it above my door is because i slammed my door a lot mm-hmm. so i was actually trying to not be stupid because i didn't want to <laughs> knock that thing off and have it like hit me in the face <laughs> so i was actually following the rules following and the i rules do see well. it every day i was I like trying it. not to be stupid um i have one lingering question for andrew i'm ready the the lover that you locked out yeah did did he just like leave no the story oh. uh, very quickly I'll, I'll wrap it up really quick so he he got a linen he got linen from my from my dorm that was in the kitchen where he was and i said go go get my neighbor and my neighbor was one of my care workers so he'll open the door for you he'll laugh at me but he'll open the door for you so he goes to knock on the door this poor stranger who didn't know me at the time at all and he was from britain <laughs> and he sounded like hugh grant and he was really good <gasps> He was a really good oh. lay. So this poor stranger oh, wow. goes into the dorm, the like public dorms in a, in like linens and knocks on this random person's door and is like, "Hi, I'm I'm at this dude's house. Um you're going to have to let me in." And it wasn't my friend. It was his roommate who didn't understand why there was a naked man in the hallway. So <laughs> Oh no, he was naked. <laughs> so he proceeded uh, to call security. Oh my god. Who <laughs> Rushed into my room, and the security guard was my hot ginger friend, who I had what? a giant crush on, but never told. Hey, friend. Hey, what up? Um, and so he rushed, and he goes, oh, 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 that's what you were doing. All right, I got it. This is amazing. Oh, color me inspired. Yep. Drink. Drink. <laughs> and pumped. All, All right. right. Thank you for answering my probing questions, Andrew. Probing. So probing. Andrew and I are both like, LOL, you. she said probing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And let's... Andrew prepared a case for today, too. So well, let's so hear from our sponsors and then yeah. we'll get right to it. Speaking right. of probing, let's hear from our sponsors. We all need someone to talk to, a person who can support us through rough patches or even the everyday ups and downs of life. And that's where Talkspace comes in. It's amazing. Tell us more about Talkspace, Lucy. Oh, we all love Talkspace. And I think it's really ironic that 
arranging an appointment with your in-person therapist and, Mm -hmm. like, getting there and whatever invokes just as much anxiety as, like, what you're going to see them for for sometimes. For sure. So that's why we love Talkspace. It is very convenient to use. You no longer have to wait for your next appointment to talk about what's on your mind. With And with Talkspace, you can send unlimited messages to your dedicated therapist from the privacy of your device from anywhere at any time of the day. You don't have to get in your car. You don't have to drive past McDonald's. Mm-hmm. You can just text them or whatever anytime these thoughts come into your mind. My personal favorite part is that you can go back and read feedback from them from previously. It's huge. I have the memory of a goldfish. Like, I (laughs) would forget immediately what my therapist would tell me in face-to-face session. I love the texting. Mm -hmm. And even sometimes, like, my therapist sometimes just gives, like, like these platitudes, like this life advice. Mm, affirmations. Where, affirmations. Yeah. And I just go back and read them when I just like need to like calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Takes notes for you. And if you're having a tough time, you can always schedule a live video session with your therapist for extra support. Love that video. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, an in-person therapist isn't right for everybody, but it is nice to like speak to someone face to face every now and then. Right. Having that option of seeing is really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. We love it. And Talkspace has more than 5,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. So to match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, for real, go to Talkspace.com and make sure to use the promo code GALS to get $65 off your first month and show your support for the show. Again, that's GALS promo code at Talkspace.com for $65 off your first month Treat yo brain. Treat it. Summer comes with a number of awesome perks, vacations, beach days, barbecues, podcast tours. Mm. But the one perk that outshines them all is summer-themed undies, courtesy of, you guessed it, me undies, our favorite undies. Me undies is the only brand that lets you eat pineapple while wearing pineapple undies. They're so cute. Or watch the sky light up on the 4th of July knowing that your undies are doing the same. For real. (laughs) I have the pineapple undies. They are so adorable. But even more than just aesthetically pleasing patterns, let's talk comfort. MeUndies scientists spend countless hours in their underwear labs. I really want to go to an underwear lab. Oh my God, me too. Testing out the softest fabrics in all the land. And the result is micromodal fabric, which is a full three times softer than boring old cotton. This is legit. These are, I'm, I'm literally wearing MeUndies right now. They're the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn. They don't bunch on me. Feels like nothing. No, they're so soft. They don't bunch. They don't ride up. I like, I can't. I can't get over them. And you can match your undies with your friends or your partner, which I love. And they have... Amanda and I have all the same yeah. undies. And it's we my favorite really when we're wearing the same undies at the same at time. At the same time. <laughs> and you can get onesies Ugh. and like pajama bottoms, lounge pants. I mean, come on. You can literally clawed your entire bod in me undies. It's so soft and it's so 
amazing. Tell everyone how you get them. Oh my gosh. To get 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, I can personally mm-hmm. 100% guarantee your satisfaction as well. Same. Hard same. Go to meundies.com forward slash gals. Again, that is meundies.com forward slash gals for 15% off your first pair mm. and free shipping. Mm. Treat your bum. Treat it. Okay, so my case is the Tracy Latimer case, and it's a really famous Canadian murder case. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so many feelings about it. So Robert, La- Robert William Latimer lived in Wilkie, Saskatchewan, and was a canola farmer. Apparently, oh. that's a thing you can do. As in the oil? As in the yeah. oil. He was a canola farmer. They're like okay. flowers, I think. Nice. It's, I think it's like I think it's like part of wheat. I don't not really know. Huh. There's no way to know. No idea. I mean, we Cooked could just it. I could just Google it, but I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, Waste of time. He had four children: Tracy, Brian, Lind- Lindsay, and Lee. I don't know why I put that there. I was being extra thorough. You don't need to know about the other three. The only one you need to know about is Tracy. Um, you were going full Metal Kenyon. You really are. I'm I was doing so it. Now happy. give us all of their nicknames where yeah. each of them were born. <laughs> where did they graduate from school? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the the farmer's market in Wilkie's Sky. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so according to all accounts, he was a family man who would do anything for his kids. Remember that. Anything for his kids. Uh-oh. In his family. He was beloved by the community and his farming peers. Um, mm. Of all his four children, Tracy was born on November 23rd, 1980 with cerebral palsy, much like I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, cerebral palsy is a disability that is caused by a lack of oxygen at birth and results in brain damage. What up to all my CP friends? <laughs> I have it. Hey, what up? Hey. hey. <laughs> so for Tracy... Her cerebral palsy manifested in intellectual and physical disabilities. This meant that Tracy could not communicate verbally, had a seizure disorder, and used a wheelchair. So, Mm. on Wikipedia, that sounds super tragic, but it just meant that she communicated differently, and it just meant that she couldn't speak and she used a wheelchair. I have a lot of friends Mm. who technically have that same diagnosis exactly, and they're totally fine. Yeah. Wow. So, did she communicate with sign language? She communicated through, like, blinks and looks and, like, smiling, and she, she... it was hard to tell what she understood because okay. of that, but I mean, and according to everything I read, it was hard to tell that, but looking at the pictures of her, which I think by the time this comes out, it'll be on the drive. Um, oh yeah. They are on the drive for oh, you ladies. If you want to look okay. So the okay. Pi- you can see the pictures of her smiling with her dad and being, you know, she's, she's definitely in there. There's a person in there. There's, there's absolutely yeah. like sentient life in that, in that body. So just beware of that as we go down to the horribleness that comes up. Uh, oh, <laughs> no. So Wikipedia claims that she wore diapers and was nonverbal and could not walk or talk, which is true. Many other reports verify that that verify this as part of her care needs. And I put in brackets in my notes, I myself wear diapers sometimes when I can't walk and I'm just fine. So, like, mm-hmm. right. calm the fuck down, world. I sometimes wear diapers. <laughs> for mm-hmm. real? No, quite literally. I did a stand-up set for uh, our f- other fourth gal Scots uh, program at Patrick's Cabaret years ago, and I—I I mean, granted, I was stricken with the flu, 
and I was, it was coming out of both ends. And oh. it's like, I had a 15, 20 minute set and it was only me. It's not like I had an understudy or anything. Mm-hmm. So like, what am I going to do? So basically I just got like diarrhea right before going on. Story of my life. Put on uh-huh. a diaper. Yep. Yep. And yep. got up behind my podium and did my set. Didn't shit my pants, but thought I was going to. And then mm-hmm. ran off stage at the end directly to the bathroom. That was me yep. two weeks ago after some there you go. spicy food. Yep. Been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You nailed it. The you show do you do. must go on. Must. Bitches. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's so inspirational, Amanda. Oh, thank you. You're Drink. such an inspiration. <laughs> Anybody who's like tuning in halfway through is going to be like, wow, these people are such bitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they would be correct. <laughs> I mean, this is on the low end of our bitchiness scale, so we're good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have CP and I can't walk and I wear diapers sometimes too, so fuck right off. Her doctors yeah. described the care by her family as excellent. <sighs> I wish that was true. Tracy attended school in Wilkie, Saskatchewan, and the people who worked with Tracy said that she loved horses. Me too. Aww. She, she smiled when people came in the room and loved the circus. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is proof that while she may have had a visible disability as well as an intellectual disability, she was still a cognizant person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was in there. I'm really scared where this is going. Oh. Is this what it feel feels like-, like to be you two when I'm telling my case? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I also feel Are like you- the it's important to pay attention to how people communicate because to me this feels the same as like shitty people assuming that people who speak a different language are less intelligent just because they don't communicate the same way that you do. Yeah. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. watching those like shitty Republican ladies like yell at Hispanic women in the grocery store because they're speaking Spanish. It's like fuck you. It's oh like I, I wish I could speak your beautiful language. I'm the ridiculous one. I can't speak Spanish. Crap. Exactly. Right. Um, we have to evaluate how we learn to communicate with people who don't communicate with us in exactly the same way, yeah. and not just assume that they have like lesser cognitive capability just because they don't communicate with us the same way that we do with them. And like the yeah. pictures on the driver of her smiling, like like you can tell obviously that this girl is disabled, but it doesn't mean she wasn't there. And just yeah, it's just for, really for many years I babysat uh, for this family. Um, for like 10 years, I babysat for them off and on. And, um, their oldest child had, uh, severe physical and intellectual disabilities and wore diapers and, um, couldn't really speak, could, could communicate with like approximate speech kind of. And if you worked with him a lot, like I did and his parents and his, his like carers at school and stuff, you could figure out like what he was indicating. Um, and he absolute, like he loved playing go fish. He, you know, there were certain like TV shows and songs that he liked. He liked going to the park. He didn't like going to the beach. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. He's a human fucking being. And um, I used to sing him, when I was putting him to bed, I used to sing him, like, some French children's, like, lullabies, whatever. Please and tell then, me preacher was, man, please a la Jan Levinson. I was not Frere Jaga, but it was, like, camp songs that I had learned that were, like, very, like, soothing, whatever. And, um, 
after I had been doing that for several months, like his mom called me and was like, he's singing, like he sings to himself the tunes of those songs now oh, every cute. night when he goes to bed. So sweet. I know. So sweet. I know. Anyway, they were love. They were a lovely family. Okay, go on. Okay, so it was noted that while Tracy was a happy kid, she still lived in chronic, constant pain. Hello, me too. As a result of her disability, hey, so many other disabled people also live that life. Talk mm-hmm. to a disabled person on Twitter, and they'll probably tell you they're they're happy, but they're suffering from chronic pain. Like mm-hmm. it's just a real thing. So um, she had a dislocated hip. I've had one of those. It's super painful and super gross, but yeah. it doesn't mean you can't survive. Um, <laughs> just prepare mm-hmm. yourself. And there was <sighs> talk with her medical team about her needing a feeding tube. It was mm-hmm. also noted that she couldn't take any really strong painkillers because they would interfere with her seizure medications. Okay. Mm. So, oh. like, it's a, she had a tough go. There's no... Like, there's no sugarcoating that. She had some real disabilities that were real things, and I get that. But she still deserved to be alive. So in October 1993, Tracy was scheduled for an orthopedic surgery to fix the dislocated hip. Her doctors informed the family that these procedures can be quite painful, and the recovery time could be more than a year. Again, this is in 93, when, like, medicine was still kind of slightly in the 80s. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. no wonder it would take a year. Doctors also made clear that further that further surgeries would be needed later in life for Tracy. Uh, and then I put in brackets, I've had several surgeries that sometimes took six months to to heal and be okay. Uh, wow. I am what doctor, I, me, Andrew, am what doctors have classified as severely disabled. And I'm quite happy and healthy. And then I want to tell a very quick story. But when I was 16, I had scoliosis surgeries. So they put rods in my spine to correct me leaning over way too far and mm-hmm. that that got infected super bad and I had to go to the hospital and during my infectious time I was super high on drugs and I called my I called the boy that I really liked at school and told him on the drugs that I loved him so amazing oh, oh no. no oh no <laughs> we've we've all done similar maybe yep. not that young but I've yeah I've made some very bad decisions with my phone oh, while inebriated. It's a while problem. on pain meds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, what up? Also have mild scoliosis. So we are IBS and scoliosis buddies, my hey. friends. Hey. Loving it. Amazing. Um, so so yeah, so I called this boy and I told the boy that I loved him, and he was like, I'm straight. I don't see it that way. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go cry in a corner now. Um oh. so but back to the case. So so on October. 24th, 1993, a month before Tracy's 13th birthday, Laura Latimer, her mother, found her 12-year-old daughter, Tracy, dead. She died oh. under the care of her father, Robert, while the rest of the family was at church. Oh. Mm. What did this fucker do? Oh, just wait. It gets so much worse. At first, Robert Latimer maintained that she died in her sleep peacefully, but when later confronted with the autopsy report which showed that she had high levels of carbon monoxide. Latimer later admitted that he poisoned her in the cab of his <gasps> truck. Oh, my God. <gasps> like he let it run in the garage? Yeah. Oh, oh, Jesus. In a field, actually, is what I read. Oh, my God. Um, he like lived, he placed her? Oh, my God. He put oh, it, my God. He took his daughter in the cab. In the, he, he lifted her out of her wheelchair and put her in the cab, 
and said something like, we're going to just go for a drive. And then that's what happened. Mm. Oh, my God. That's so sick. Yep. Jesus. <sighs> Gets so much worse. He later revealed that he also considered shooting her in the head or overdosing <gasps> her with the volume. Oh, God. Oh, my Lord. His- because he thought that he was... He was peeping. putting her out of her misery, or he was sick of caring for her, or what was the deal? Oh, I mean, they're both awful, but like, I mean, Robert Latimer said his actions were motivated by love, by love for Tracy, and a desire to end her pain. He described Good the Lord. medical treatments Tracy had undergone and was scheduled to undergo as quote mutilation and torture, with the combination what? of a feeding tube rods in her back. The leg cut and flopping around and bed sores. How can people say she was a happy little girl? Quote, Robert Latimer asked. Ew. I mean, I mean, it's, so just, it's, not, it's not your call, dude. Like, right. it's not up to you. You don't get to decide. You, just because yeah. you fathered her, you're not God. Like, right. right. You don't get to make the ultimate decision on what how she sees her quality of life just because you see it as different and i mean look at those pictures i sent through she's a happy girl Mm -hmm. she's a happy kid yeah yeah Yeah. i mean and she knew on some level that it was tough i'm sure but she was happy who cares you make it through you deal with it you move on because yeah mm -hmm. and also a lot of people who are unhappy and in chronic pain still want to live right <laughs> like it like happiness and quality of life actually isn't necessarily like the bar for like wanting to survive to just be yeah. alive yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so latimer was charged with first degree murder which is intent to kill your kid and was convicted of second degree murder because i couldn't find out why and it didn't make any sense but he was convicted because the jury devalued her life and Pretty, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he lost his first appeal, but was granted a new trial by the Supreme Court of Canada in 97 due to the possibility of jury tampering. Um, Whoa. I, I read that the the police, or no, the the defense had asked people about, had asked potential jurors about, what do you think about mercy killings? And they would say, like, oh, I think it's oh okay. Oh, my God. Under these circumstances, blah, blah. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um Ugh. In 1997, he was again convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 10 years in prison. 73%... uh, Just keep sighing because I'm so upset by how ridiculous... Well, 10 years is not nearly enough time. Yeah. 10 years, which is like nothing... Which is a total devaluation on her life. 73% of Canadians in 1999 believed that it was a mercy killing and that as a result, he deserved a more lenient sentence. Then 10 years. Yeah. But that's more. Oh, that's almost no. 100% of Canadians believe that yeah. it was okay what he did. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I was just listening to The Hidden Brain this morning, and they were talking about uh, bias. Yeah. And, um, God, I wish I would have, like, written this down. I didn't know how applicable it would be, but... Uh, there was a psychologist talking about the rate of change in bias when it came to gay marriage and also, uh, like, skin color. 
and how Mm -hmm. they can measure how uh, acceptable in in the minds of of people over time things have gotten. And they were saying that if if uh, this rate of acceptance for gay marriage continues on um, at the rate that it's been like improving, at least in my mind, uh, over the last however long, then it would be that by that particular bias would be eradicated in like 80 years or something. And Mm. then something similar for that related to skin color. But they said when it came to ableism and ageism, uh, it would that wouldn't be eradicated at all for at least 200 years. Jesus Mm. Christ. Wow. Right. Isn't wow. that so, so uplifting. So basically attitudes around ableism and ageism are changing much, much more slowly than even around racism and yep. homophobia, which are changing slow enough. Yes, like that fucking, is a more succinct way to put it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's I don't know if it's just because it's one of the, it's the couple of things that people don't really talk about. They don't really address it with themselves. Because for most people, disability whether the, they don't realize it's affecting their lives until it does. And so mm-hmm. yeah, it isn't yeah. something we talk about enough because we don't think it affects us. But if you bump into a wheelchair, into, into, um, I almost said wheelchair person. That's not the right term. If you bump into, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you bump into a wheelchair user on the street, disabilities affected your life. If you fuck the hottest disabled guy in Toronto, me, it, Yes, affects duh. your life. You know what I mean? So, like, disability is all around us, and we have to start seeing it as something that is there, whether we want to deal with it or not. It's there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot more people will experience disability at some point in their lives than realize it. Everybody like, will. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you're lucky enough to live a long life, then most likely you will experience disability in your life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, happen- it's coming for you, so be ready. Um, it's coming for you. <laughs> um, disability rights activists were angry as fuck. That was not in any news thing. I put that in there. And said, <laughs> killing a disabled child like Tracy is no different than killing a non-disabled child and should carry the same penalty. To do otherwise, they argued, would devalue the lives of disabled people and increase the risk of more such killings by their caregivers. Yeah. Because there is a yeah. there is a big there is a bit there's a lot of research on caregivers who decide to take the lives of their disabled their disabled charges because it's easier. So Yeah. He's yeah. not the first. Nurses yeah. who kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. The Canadian Council for People with Disabilities noted that the viewpoints of disabled people were not at all considered in any of the rulings, nor were they highlighted in the media coverage of this case. So every time oh, you good. turn on the yeah, every time you turn on the news, all you saw was him being like, "Oh, I killed her because I felt I wanted her to feel no pain." Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not yeah. getting the other side of the story, really. So right. then the media is just compounding the ableism <laughs> with oh, every story. Totally fantastic. Okay. Um, as a result. Robert Latimer was given all the coverage, and Tracy's life was all ignored in the press. Ethicist mm-hmm. Arthur Schaefer argued that Robert Latimer was, quote, the only person in Canadian history to spend even a single day in prison for a mercy killing, and that, quote, compassion and common sense dictated a reduced sentence and a granting of parole. Wow. Common, common sense. sense. Oh, my I God. How Fuck did the mother that. react? Like, where? because, I mean, it sounds like she was not 
informed of this little plan ahead of time. She has so, and continues to up until 2018 stand by your husband. Oh, okay. God. Stand, boo. Yeah, a huge boo. Um, at the sentencing hearing, Mr. Latimer's lawyers argue that he should be given a, quote, constitutional exemption or that the judge should find the mandatory minimum sentence of 10 years to be, quote, cruel and unusual punishment in the circumstances and therefore, gotta go down in the document, and therefore a violation of Mr. Latimer's rights under the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms on December 1st, 1997. Mm-hmm. What about her fucking rights? Uh, that's mm-hmm. what I, I mean, right? Shit. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. The person, the case that I'm going to talk about mentions briefly um, the per, the person that I'm covering is a disability rights activist. And um, she was very much against doctor-assisted suicide or um, like right-to-die laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I actually have voted on various ballots in states that I've lived in for uh, those rights. Oh, but yeah. I support that hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Okay, I do too. And I know it can be a controversial issue, but like this is a totally different thing. Like the, mm-hmm. he did not have the consent of the person that he was killing. Right. It wasn't him he's like framing it as though he was enacting her right to to, to die, die. Yeah. right but, but she didn't have a hand in that at all right Ugh, so frustrating it's just horrible and i also think that he it was premeditated and he should have gotten first degree murder because he thought mm-hmm. he planned to shoot her in the head so you obviously yeah. You planned yeah, he it. was debating his options. That's like, right. premeditation. You figure you planned it out, so you should be in jail so much longer. Get ready to be angrier because it gets worse. He, <sighs> the the sentencing judge, found that a ten year sentence would be indeed quote grossly disproportionate to the offense. He sentenced Mr. Latimer to two years less a day. <gasps> oh, oh my, my God. God! Two years wow. less a day, which would be served in a provincial. Jail and on half and half on his farm. What? Oh. So half so of it gets, was. Yeah, I was gonna say he gets to spend a year at home and a year in jail. Yep, he basically and gets, then he's done. Yeah, he basically gets to go home after killing his kid. Holy oh, shit! Oh my god! In, wow! In 2001, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled that Mr. Latimer's crime could not be justified through the defense of necessity and found that despite. Special circumstances of the case, the lengthy prison sentence given to Mr. Latimer was not cruel and unusual and therefore did not breach the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. The court also ruled that Mr. Latimer was not denied was not denied rights to jury nullification as no such rights exist, and thus his, mm. prison, his, his prison sentence was thus upheld. So still, mm. he only got it. He only was in jail for a year. Wow. Like, he was a wow. hero. Latimer began serving his sentence on January 18th, 2001, and was incarcerated in Victoria, where he earned an electrician's degree and took Mm -hmm. care of his farm. I don't know why they put that in there, like, we care, but basically he got to live his life. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he basically had, like, an intensive electrician's program. Like, mm. he he went to sleepaway camp. That's basically Mm -hmm. what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, what else did I, did I put here? On November 29th, 2010, Robert Latimer was granted full parole. 
Mm-hmm. The loosening of his parole restrictions took effect on December 6th. So he's, so, and that's the end of my case. He's basically out, free. And Great. like the parole thing I get, he, I don't find this man to be a risk to his community in any way, shape or form. But well, the punishment did not fit. What if his other kids get in an accident? That's true. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. What if his wife gets yeah. in a car accident on the farm? I don't yeah. know. What if his wife has a stroke? Right. Yeah, what if he just decides that being a father is too big a burden for him? Mm-hmm. Like, who knows? But here's the thing. The thing with deciding that becoming a father is too big a burden, a court would not... I feel like the court was looking at her life as less valuable than, say, he decided that he just didn't want to be a dad anymore and killed an able child. Yeah. And then yeah. the court and the jury sees that life as more valuable than they did Tracy's. And so he would have served, I think, a, a massive sentence for that. But because she's disabled, that's a mercy killing. And yeah, Because but, they don't value yeah. her life in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what if like, OK, I know it's not his wife, whatever, but like in sickness and in health. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like his his other family members could get in a car accident and then he mm-hmm. could go and determine that their lives, their quality of life wasn't good enough according to his standards. Yeah. So he's going to off that, them. I just think that were he to apply that mentality to his abled wife and children, a jury would convict him of a very strong crime. But yeah. because he applied yeah. that mentality to his disabled child, right? he gets a year at sleepaway camp <laughs> like, and an yeah. ankle bracelet. Yeah. Yeah. So this is yeah. so fucked up. It's so fucked up. Hey. All right. Well, thanks, thanks for Andrew. that. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> we now got you know two doses like of Kenyan. <laughs> yeah. We're getting a framed by Kenyans over here. Well, you're about to get another dose, but first a word from our sponsors. Going to the store. Sometimes kind of a pain. Sometimes you're in the middle of something else. Correct. Sometimes you have your luggage being delivered from Delta because it was on the wrong flight and you have to be there to sign for it and you're panicking because you need to go get groceries. Specific. That didn't happen to me this morning. (laughs) No. That's why we love Instacart. With Instacart, you can get groceries Mm. delivered in as fast as one hour or at a time that works with your schedule. I love that schedule delivery. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. They also offer exclusive coupons. You can save money with coupons on pantry staples so that you're less likely to run out of, I don't know, pinto beans when you really want some pinto beans. Mm-hmm. Instacart is available at your favorite stores. You can get your groceries delivered from local and national retailers. And other perks include no sitting in traffic, no looking for parking, no waiting in the checkout line, no bothering with the self-checkout whatever. I know. What is that? Seriously, Instacart has totally changed my grocery shopping routine. And as you all know, we are on the road all summer and have like maybe a day where we get to be home. And it's like, I don't want to have my fridge completely full of stuff. But I also, when we're on the road, we eat out all the time. So this last visit home, I just went ahead and used Instacart to have some groceries delivered at a specific time, knowing that I would be home. So I didn't have to spend like my very little relaxation in my home 
time going out grocery shopping. And then I just had a couple of things that I knew that I could eat over the like 48 hours that I was in my own apartment and didn't have to overstock or overpay for a bunch of groceries that I ended up not using. It was so convenient. And I don't know if y'all noticed this, but when we did our show in Dallas, Texas, the stage manager actually Instacarted our craft services Ah, to the venue. I love that. Isn't that so clever? It's just brilliant. Like everyone's busy and this just makes it such an easy way to get the things that you need delivered at your convenience. So here's how it works. You get to choose. You can use the app or go to instacart.com and shop the groceries you need from your favorite local retailers. I love the app, but the instacart.com website is also very, very intuitive. Instacart then shops for you. Your shopper gathers your groceries with care by selecting excellent produce and contacting you if necessary. Sometimes those melons are just not up to snuff and they want to give you a shout and say, hey, Would you like to replace these melons? Love it. Yes, I would. Communication is key. Yes. And then Instacart delivers. Your groceries will arrive in as little as one hour or at a time you select. Like I said, I love that scheduled delivery. And they keep hot items hot and cold items cold. You literally cannot do that. I can't tell you how many times I have gotten stuck in traffic on the way home from the grocery store and the ice cream is melted and I cry. So y'all need to try Instacart and you can get $10 off your first order... To get this limited time offer, go to instacart.com or download the mobile app and enter our promo code GALS at checkout. Again, that's $10 off your first order today at instacart.com or through the mobile app. And don't forget to enter our code GALS one more time, instacart.com or through the mobile app with our code GALS at checkout. Treat yo pantry. Treat it. Whatever scent you may be wearing, you have good taste and you know what you like. But your great taste is also expensive. Cha. And you end up with a shelf full of half-used bottles. OMG, that half-used bottle graveyard. I am so guilty of that. I feel so seen. Mm -hmm. Or you've been wearing the same two perfumes for years because going out to buy a new one is a hassle. And then you get like scent blindness where it's Mm -hmm. like you don't know how much you're putting on because you're so used to that fragrance. Mm -hmm. Seriously, it's it's bad. But with Scentbird, we found a way to have great taste and mix up our fragrance routine without breaking the bank, whether it's Tom Ford, hello, Gucci, Hello, or Versace. Hello. Oh. Scentbird.com keeps us smelling good month after month. You're speaking my language. For real. Scentbird is a luxury fragrance subscription service for perfumes and colognes. It's a way for you to discover new perfumes and colognes without buying an entire bottle. I am beyond guilty of that half-empty graveyard. It like I need to do something about. It's like a problem. Yeah. Also, I personally don't like wearing the same fragrance day after day. It's not that I necessarily get blind to it, although I'm sure that happens too. I just get sick of it. Yeah, I feel that. So I love having multiple options. Scentbird offers more than 450 designer brands for you to choose a perfume or cologne from each month. Like Amanda said, Mm -hmm. we got the high-end, the Prada, the Tom Ford, the Versace. Beach Hut Woman. We all have Beach Hut Woman. It's kind of my favorite. I am trash. It's like musky. Yeah. It really just depends on the mood. It smells like a not too sweaty day at the beach. Like it has almost, I I get like a residual sunscreen kind of dash from it. I love it. Salty air. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So you choose the perfume that you want to try and they send you a 30 day supply. So that is 120 sprays. You can apply 
more than four times per day for a month. Mm-hmm. And then by then you're like, oh my gosh, what else do they have to offer? I need more. I need more. Yeah, you're ready to switch it up. Yeah. We love it. So with an exclusive offer just for our listeners, you can get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. That is the deal of a lifetime. So go to scentbird.com forward slash gals and use our code gals for 50% off your first month. Again, that's scentbird, S-C-E-N-T-B-I-R-D.com forward slash gals for you to try your first perfume or cologne for just $7.50. Sign on, smell amazing, treat yo scent. Treat it. Okay, so... You're gonna want to say inspirational sometimes in my case because this lady was such a fucking badass. Mm-hmm. So uh, Carrie Ann Lucas was a force to be reckoned with. To say that this woman was impressive is such an understatement. And Andrew, you sighed. I feel like do you know did you know Carrie? I did know Carrie. She, is, can you? Is this okay to talk about her? Yeah, not yeah, no, it totally is. And I, I didn't know her, but I knew her like from social media posts, and uh-huh. she knew a lot of disability activists that I knew. So like, it's the whole thing, and I think the case is important to talk about. It's just the whole thing is just, just wow. The the tragedy that befell her was like, oh goodness. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Carrie was born in California in 1971 uh, into a working class family, and she grew up a very hardworking student athlete. She graduated from Whitworth College in Spokane, Washington, after double majoring in education and sports medicine. And while she was still in high school, Carrie began to lose uh, muscle strength. And by graduation, she was walking with braces. And then soon after graduation, she was diagnosed with a rare form of muscular dystrophy, which is a neuromuscular disease. Mm -hmm. By her early 20s, she was using a wheelchair. Now back to her college. So Whitworth is a Christian liberal arts college affiliated with the Presbyterian Church. And after undergrad, Carrie went on to become an ordained minister um, and she graduated with a, a div- divinity degree um, from the Illiff School of Theology in Denver. Okay, so she's already fucking accomplishing shit. Um, during this time, she also spent two years in Saipan, which is part of the Northern Mariana Islands, which is a U.S. Commonwealth in the Pacific Ocean, none of which I knew previously. <laughs> um <laughs> And she also taught middle school science. So, like, God bless her. Damn. Shout out to all the middle school teachers out there, including my husband. It is the hardest job on the planet. I don't know how you do it. Oh, my God. Kids are dicks. Yeah. (laughs) They really are are dicks. I refuse. Parents of kids are dicks. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. Basically, kids and adults are dicks, and it's hard out there. Okay, so, um, but Carrie wasn't done learning yet. She then decided to go to law school. So she's already a graduate and an ordained minister and a teacher. Mm-hmm. It's not enough. Not enough for Carrie. It sounds like a like when you play the, the board game Life. 
Yeah. yeah. Just like collect career just cards. Just keeps collecting career cards. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I she love was it. Unstoppable. Um, so she went, she got into the uh, University of Denver's law school. She did extremely well in law school. She graduated 15th in her class of around 250 students. Wow. Um, but during this time, her disease symptoms were progressing and she was becoming hard of hearing and starting to lose her vision. Um, so she decided to take a semester off of law school to study Braille and sign language, um, kind of to prepare herself for her life going forward, Yeah, um, which is very smart of her. Um, over time, Carrie became legally deaf and legally blind. She used a power wheelchair, she breathed through a ventilator, and she was um, reliant on a feeding tube. So this kind of all progressed over like three decades, basically. Wow. But at the same time, her passion for disability rights advocacy and activism continued to grow. And mm -hmm. after becoming a lawyer, Carrie took a position as an attorney working for the Colorado Cross Disability Coalition. In 1999, Boss bitch. yeah. Oh my god! Like it's. I will never complain about school ever again. Like I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say it right now. That shit is really for real inspirational. Holy sh! Like wow, yeah, right? That right? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, to do with anything else, this bitch was just fucking unstoppable as a human being. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she would be inspirational even if she hadn't done all this with a disability. Like she's unreal. She's unreal. So. In 1999, the coalition brought a class action lawsuit against Kmart for its hideous lighting. And mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, I would take up arms for that cause. Yeah, absolutely. So this suit was one of the largest accessibility class action settlements in history. And Carrie was the lead plaintiff on the case. And Kmart was uh, for it took like seven years basically to work its way through the courts, but eventually Kmart was forced to pay. I've read some accounts say 13 million and other accounts say 16.25 million. That's a lot of money. Fucking get it. Yep. Although to, in, in America on disability, anything that's like nothing. Yeah. 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 Um, but so to pay that amount to disabled shoppers and then they also had to spend about, um, like conservative estimates say about $70 million to improve disability access in 1,400 of their stores nationwide. Shit. So the, the first part was just the like settlement to the plaintiffs. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just to bring them up to code with the Americans with Disabilities Act. Right? We have to fucking sue you just to do the bare minimum. Yeah. yeah. I'm shocked that so yeah, it took that. Mm -hmm. And it Jesus. took seven years. Mm -hmm. And she's up against this major corporation. And that she she was part of a lot of class action lawsuits. Like there was also one with like Taco Bell and um, I can't even remember. Like there were a bunch, but this was the, the like the biggest, most high profile one nationwide. Um, okay. Then my notes, I say. And as if this all wasn't enough to make you feel totally inadequate as a human being. <laughs> yeah, I was right there. Basically. Get I ready. I was there. Thank you. Carrie was also a single mother raising four adopted children 
all of whom had developmental and physical disabilities <gasps> of their own. <laughs> My God. My jaw if is I could on stand the up ground. Right now, if I could stand yeah. up, I would be <laughs> Oh right? my god. My jaw is open. Oh my that god. That is a, a oh, one child. Uh-huh. Is too much for me to fathom. Having four children, just having four children is inspiring. Uh, <laughs> she adopted them. Yeah. And each of them had she their chose own it. level of disability to contend with and she had a disability. Wow. Yeah. Well, and she's blind and deaf. Oh I, my yes. god! I, I, I uh-huh. am inadequate. I am inadequate. I am yeah. an inadequate human being. I am not worthy. I bow down yeah. to this. My name is Amanda Jacobson. I <laughs> am an inadequate human being. I should never complain. I'm so fucking sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, so she she oh first adopted her biological niece Heather, who is the daughter of Carrie's half brother. In 1999, after the child had been placed in foster care, and um, I don't know why the parents couldn't care for her, um, but they couldn't, and Heather um, has chromosome deletion syndrome, so she has um, severe disabilities, and uh, Carrie, like, fought in the courts for the right to adopt her niece. like really, really fought for a long time to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Who was so putting up a fight about it? The state. We'll get. To, oh, we'll get to it. I have so, a okay. feeling. I haven't. Was the state like, oh, you're disabled, therefore you can't take care of this child? Right. Yep. So my yep. next line. At one point during the adoption process, a social worker told a judge, and this is the social worker's words and language. Quote. There is no way that handicapped woman could care for that handicapped child. Okay. Oh, Jesus. What year was this? 1999. Good Lord. Uh, But Carrie prevailed, and she raised Heather and three other children. um, And that her other kids' names were Adrian, Anthony, and Aziza. Um, And two of them were also wheelchair users, and three of them have intellectual disabilities. And I think there's, like, some overlap there also. I don't exactly know. Um, Carrie was also a powerful advocate protecting the rights of parents with disabilities, serving as the executive director of the Colorado group Disabled Parents' Rights. So she worked to combat bias slash ableism amongst child welfare officials like the social worker that we fucking mentioned um, who more frequently investigate these cases actually statistically. So Mm -hmm. like CPS is more likely to investigate a claim if the parent has a disability Mm -hmm. than otherwise. We want to prove it. That you are not as capable. Right. Exactly. A parent. And so she had been, Carrie herself had been like investigated numerous times, which caused like a lot of undue stress on the family. And like her kids were thriving. Like they, she always passed everything with flying colors. And yet she mm-hmm. would like continue to get investigated probably each time she wanted to adopt and all yeah, this, this stuff. Yeah, this is like some stop and frisk bullshit. Yeah. 
Um, in 2018, she successfully lobbied to change Colorado law to ensure that, quote, the disability of a parent or a potential guardian could not be the sole basis for, de- for denying custody, adoption, foster care, or guardianship of a child. Which I hadn't, right. like, none of this had even occurred to me. But, like, think about a custody battle if, like, one parent has a disability. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah how mm-hmm. that could be used against them. Like, it's so fucked up. It happens all the time to parents who are who have Down syndrome. You see, I see it in the news all the time where the state mm. will say, like, oh, those two parents have Down syndrome. They can't take care of their baby. We have to monitor the baby and make sure the baby's safe. So they, like, it, they come at it from a place of risk all the time, whereas, like, oh, no, those risky disabled people are going to take care of somebody. Oh, goodness. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, a... People with something like Down syndrome marrying, getting married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that was a big court issue also, wasn't it? it? It's still a, it's a big court issue, and it's also really overdone in the media. Like, wow, these Down syndrome, this Down syndrome couple is married. Like, look at them. Like, How inspiring. Yeah, like, fuck Drink. off. Let them just have <laughs> their life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we, I mentioned this before, but she also fought against doctor-assisted suicide laws and was an active member of a group called Not Dead Yet. Mm. I'm not dead yet. I feel happy. <laughs> Sorry. I just felt like she would have been a, a gal after our own hearts. So um, good. And she was among, this is a quote, she was among several people with disabilities who were arrested in 2017 on charges of trespassing after a 58-hour sit-in at the Denver office of Senator Cory Gardner. They were protesting the Republican plan to repeal the Affordable Care Act, which would have reduced Medicaid funding and eliminated services that make it possible for people with disabilities to live independently. Fuck yes. I couldn't do a 58-hour sit-in. I mean, I could, with but my I back. haven't. That's why yeah. are amazing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just... In- okay. So are you ready to be majorly fucking <sighs> bummed out for life? Can't wait. Yep. Yeah, Hold on. So We're not drunk enough yet. Inspiring, inspiring, inspiring. <laughs> shots, <laughs> shots, drink, drink, shots, drink, drink, shots, drink. shots. Inspo. Hashtag inspo. Um, okay. On February 24th, 2019, at the age of 47, so young, Carrie Mm -hmm. Ann Lucas suffered a cardiac arrest caused by septic shock. Ooh. And this is why we're talking about Carrie's tragic death on this episode, because you might be thinking, okay, she died of a medical issue. Well, her death could have been prevented. Oh, of course. Carrie's untimely death was hastened by her insurance company's denial of life-saving medication. Are you what fucking fuck? kidding me? Yep. Yep. Oh my god. In January 2018, Carrie's insurance company, United Healthcare, <gasps> name and That's shame. That's my provider. Is it? Yes. Okay. I might well, also have United Healthcare. Well, you both killed Carrie. <laughs> no, we didn't kill Carrie. Well, you paid her murderers because I don't have a choice. <laughs> United Healthcare refused to pay for a specific inhaled antibiotic that she had used successfully in the past to treat a lung and trach infection. 
Um, mm. So basically, Carrie got a cold, like literally a run-of-the-mill cold, mm-hmm. and it was getting worse, and it was becoming a trach infection. And she was like, oh, well, in the past, I've used this inhaled antibiotic, and it worked really well. Can I use it again? And the insurance company was like, nope, it's more expensive than this other antibiotic. You're going to use this other antibiotic. Um, And using that drug sparked a cascade of complications that included loss of speech and numerous trips to the ICU over the span of like a year. Oh. So this all was going down for a year. And she was fighting the company for a year and ended up killing her. Well, their choice to deny her this initial medication, which she told them was like not the right call. And she had evidence to back up why she wanted the correct medication. Um, then led to all these other complications. Like if she had been given the proper medication, this might have ended with a cold. Yeah. It's so fucked up. The insurance company, your insurance company, saved, (laughs) saved $2,000 by denying the initial preferred antibiotic, but their decision then engendered millions of dollars in hospitalization costs over the next year, not to mention Carrie's life. Mm -hmm. And this is why I don't understand when people are like scared of socialized medicine. Come to Canada. I know, seriously. It's like, like, are you not scared of big insurance companies having all of the... Like, that's terrifying to me. People, Mm -hmm. like, companies that have... They give no shits about your health outcomes. All they care about is providing, like, value to their investors and stakeholders. Like, how does that not terrify you more than... You know, well, oh, when big the bad government wants the you to be healthy. Are the people who directly benefit from, you know. I know. Of course it's not going to be scary when they're getting money in their pocket. Well, I'm just saying about like regular folk who are like, I don't know, socialized medicine. It's like, yeah, but like at least health outcomes are a consideration. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say that in the Canadian healthcare system, even if you're disabled, they don't want the fuck to do with you. So, like, I can go to a, a hospital in Toronto, and they don't know how to treat me. Yeah, it's free, but I have to wait eight hours for them to go, oh, you wanted help with that? Sorry, we don't know how to do that. Yeah, but it's like that here, too. It's just more expensive. Then you just get a huge bill at the end of it. Oh, good. Yeah. All right, I, I, don't know. I will not complain about it. <laughs> how about all well, four of us move to Sweden? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That. Yeah. I feel like they have a better I system. Love this idea. Okay, so the organization that she worked with and was on the board of, not dead yet, uh, wrote of her death, quote, over the last year we watched as insurers denied what she needed and doctors couldn't take the time to listen to one of the sharpest minds in our movement explain how to integrate their treatments with her body's needs. We're grieving and we're angry. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I have goosebumps. I know. And Carrie's partner, I don't know how long they'd been together uh, because a lot of articles described Carrie as a single parent, but she had a partner. She she was queer. Um, 
So her partner, Dr. Kimberly Jackson, said of her, quote, she was an amazing person who dedicated her life to helping other people, and I just miss her so much, and so will the disability community. Oh. And in Colorado, the lieutenant governor signed a proclamation that February 25th, she died on February 24th, that February 25th will now be known as Carrie Ann Lucas Day to honor this tireless advocate. Ugh. And I have... But her... D- the, nothing, nothing's changed. That's just no. going to happen again and again. Oh, yeah. No, the law hasn't changed at all. The insurance company can deny. Nothing has changed. No, it could absolutely, it could happen tomorrow. It could be happening. It could be, hap- it probably is happening to other people with disabilities right now. Right now. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is the last quote. This is um, from the Civil Rights Education and Enforcement Center, which had given Carrie an award in 2016. They wrote, quote, Carrie may have been the only wheelchair-using Latina with a bumper sticker reading, just another disabled lesbian for Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love it. Yeah, so that's Carrie Ann Lucas, and you know what? Bitch was inspiring. Holy shit. Shit balls. I, I stand for this. Yeah, I love it. Yep. And actually, her religious beliefs could uh, explain her stance on the death with dignity. Oh, that's stuff. true. Yeah. Good point. Yep. Just that's... another disabled lesbian for Christ. I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How great is that? I love that so much. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Thanks for bringing it down. Well, I want both of Again. you to write to your insurer. I don't know that it will do much good, but I want both of you to write to your insurer. I can send you my notes. You can Homework. include them in the email. <laughs> Anyone with United Healthcare, fucking send I them an email. I actually think I use health partners. I don't think I'm on United Healthcare, but they're all monsters. So, like, yeah. yeah, let's not pretend that United Healthcare is the only one that pulls that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. All, all are monsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The healthcare all system right. in this country is so fucked. It's disgusting. Thanks, Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that we have a Canadian for a long time. For this I was going to say, Trump's not making it any better, but it's been shit for oh, a no, long, long fucking time. It was shit time. long before Trump, but I just, just wanted to thank Trump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's important. Yep. Well, right. should we well, take a rage break to hear from our sponsor? Yeah, back yeah. to capitalism real quick, and then we'll be God back. God bless it. Love it. Rothy's has quickly grown to a most loved, literally the most loved, gotta have them brand. And it's no surprise that they have over 1,000 nearly perfect reviews. They're stylish, they're sustainable, they're comfortable, they're washable. I can't. Really, all-in-one pair of shoes. They are the perfect flats for life on the go. We actually got approached by some listeners when we were on tour in Texas, and we were all three of us wearing our Rothy's, and they were like, do you really love Rothy's? We were like ah yeah we really really love rothy's it's real i am like proselytizing about rothy's mm-hmm. on the reg constantly constantly and people come up and ask me about it i'm like oh those are really cute shoes and then they're like oh my god those are rothy's like, yeah. yes they're adorable <laughs> yes they are mm-hmm. i have two pairs of my own i am every time we read an ad for rothy's i go buy another pair of Rothy's. I'm just reminded about how much I love them. I'm going to the website right now just to see if they have any new styles. Yeah. I want the loafer. I I just got the loafer. Oh my God. 
It's so comfortable and so cute. I got the spotted. Yes. Loafer. They are stylish. They are versatile. They will go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. They're perfect for travel. Mm -hmm. You know we're taking them on the road. Oh, yeah. And then you come back because... Like we've said, you don't just go to New York City in March and, like, get away with it with your flats. Nope. Nope. Throw them in the washing machine. They come out good as new. I can't even tell you how impressed I am to this day every time I wash my Rothy's. I love them. They're amazing. They come in a wide range of colors and patterns. They're available in four different silhouettes. Again, I'm going for that loafer next, but mm. I love the point. Amanda's a fan of the round, the rounded toe. Yep. Oh my gosh. I now have the loafer and the rounded toe, and I think I need a point just to have. The point is so cute. Yeah. And they are constantly launching new styles, so you are guaranteed to find a pair or three or six or 12 or 10,000 that you love. Right, right. And they also launch new colors and patterns every few weeks, and they sell out constantly. Yeah. Like I've said before, I'm still on the wait list for that flame in point. Oh. I might want the flame and loafer, though. I mean... Maybe I want both. I don't know. Why not both? What, who's going to stop me? And you're doing good by buying more because they are sustainable. They're made from recycled plastic water bottles, and Rothy's has diverted over 25 million water bottles from landfills. Mm -hmm. So, like, buy more Rothy's. And they're so soft. Every time someone comes up to me and I was like, oh, my gosh, those are Rothy's, I rip them off my feet, mm -hmm. and I'm like, feel them. Touch them. <laughs> yeah, we are terrifying, but we could not rave about Rothy's more and we want you to get on our level. So go check out all of the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com forward slash gals. Go to rothys.com that's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com forward slash gals to get your new favorite flats. You will not regret it. They are comfortable. They are stylish and they are sustainable. These are the shoes that you've been waiting for. So head to rothys.com forward slash gals today and treat your feet. Treat us. Uh, I care about all of you so nobody dies in my case. Oh, okay. Thank God. I've had mm -hmm. enough of your shit. Yeah, I'm trying to keep well. it slightly less deathy. <laughs> <laughs> I do the best that I can. Um, so this is a case out of San, Di San Diego, California. San Diego. San Diego. And it really was not very well reported on but fortunately for all of us this woman has an amazing blog and the blog is called freewheeling life and travel with a disability nice Love and it. she gave a very detailed account of what she went through with this crime that was committed against her and it's it's wild are we ready Mm -hmm. Ready. I'm ready. So a lot of this is coming from her blog because who better to like give an account of her story than her. That's mm -hmm. great. So obviously when I'm quoting her, I will let you know that I am quoting her. And I am quoting her now. Um, <laughs> I've been disabled since birth due to cerebral palsy and use a power wheelchair. What up? Although I'm, yeah, there it is. Camaraderie. Although I'm fiercely independent, I need help from caregivers par uh, partially funded through the state in home support services program to get out of bed, shower, dress, and do just about every other basic task most people take for granted. Despite my challenges, I had a great life in sunny San Diego, California in a beautiful house with my six beloved dogs. And there six are some photos dogs. of her dogs on, yeah. the, on the drive. They are oh such gosh. sweet babies. Puppers. Mm-hmm. Um, I called my loyal assistant and good friend of five years to see if she could come in early to help me one day. I think it was like November 28th and this was in 2015. So this is a little while back. 
Um, <clears throat> she was already up and came over just after 7 a.m. She helped me get up and take a shower, and I felt much better. We decided to go out for breakfast, and we were discussing where to go when our world was torn apart forever. At that moment, we heard the electronic keypad lock on my front door open. <gasps> no. What? Oh, no. Oh, yep. no. This is a home invasion thing? I can't. Yup. Oh. I know Kenyon hates home invasions. I just saw Us. The movie Us. I know. I, I know you I, did. Oh, my God. Okay. I just it's looked not- at my door because I have the same exact system she has. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so many things ran through my head in those few seconds. Did one of my assistants get their schedule mixed up? Did someone forget their purse and hadn't called before stopping by to get it? I turned away from my desk and rolled into the living room to see who was there, standing just inside my door, wearing a mask, hoodie, and holding (gasps) a bag of dog food was a man with a gun. What? Dog food? Thanks for bringing this dog food. No, it all makes sense. Trust me. Oh, no. Um, I saw him before he saw me. I watched as he as he tore open the bag and dumped it onto the floor, kibble scattering across the floor. Remember, she has six dogs. Oh, I can hear my protective Labrador, Alphaba, barking furiously in a real... I know, I love that she did a wicked reference name for her dog. No, so laughing, what's happening? Laughing at Alphaba. What's happening? Yeah. Horrible. Alphaba's great. Yeah, Alphaba's such a great dog name. I love it. Um, anyway, Alpha was barking furiously and realized she's still in her crate as she had just eaten breakfast. Two of my small dogs started eating the food indifferent to his presence. Oh no. Oh no. I couldn't see my service dog, Aria. Shout out. Game of Thrones comes back on today. Can't wait. Today, 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 today. Anyway, (laughs) back to this harrowing tale of home invasion. Um, the gunman was looking down the hall and didn't seem to hear my assistant yelling at him. What do you want? Get out of here. But after a few seconds, he turned and saw us. He seemed startled for a moment as if he didn't expect us to be where we were. He pointed the gun at me and said, give me your phones. I had no idea where mine was. I thought I had left it in the office. I lowered my head, terrified to look at him. I don't have it. I said softly, please don't hurt us. He didn't respond to what I said, just demanded my phone again. I said again that I didn't have it and started to flee toward my bedroom, thinking I could barricade myself in there and let him steal my computers and TV. And if that was what he if that was what he wanted, Mm -hmm. he moved behind me and grabbed my wheelchair, trying to pull me back using my headrest. Oh, Oh, no, no. Yeah. Which bent in his hands. I felt the cold barrel (gasps) of the gun against my neck and heard him cock the hammer. Oh, my God. This woman is. Like uh, the fact that she could sit down and write all of this out is like pretty great. That's like an added feeling of helplessness to be in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. You can just be grabbed and wheeled wherever. A weird sidebar: My sister, when we were kids, used to disconnect my. uh, We were were play fighting, (laughs) and she used to disconnect my wheelchair and be like, "There, you can't move." Or if we were having a oh my god. Your sister's such a little brat. We I love having, that. If we were having a real fight, she would she would disconnect the chair and be like, I'm putting you in your room to think about whatever you did. And then she'd leave yeah. you there. Oh, well, no. Did she get in trouble your parents disabled. like, not cool. Siblings do this. My sister, we had a basement that had a lock on it from the outside of the door. And yep. my sister put me down there more times than I care to share. <laughs> like when so, my psychic came over to my house. And yeah. went over towards the basement, and he said, "There's fear. In there's there. fear coming from your basement." Oh, like, don't, 
Well, the fear just magnified by a million. He said that he thinks it's for that exact reason because the family grew up in this house in like the 60s. And there's a lock oh. on the out, on the upstairs side. So children side. might have been punished. Oh yeah, I was when I was really little. We um, lived with another. My mom was a single mom, and we lived with another single mom and her son, who was a few years older than me and a total fucking piece of shit. And um, <laughs> I don't remember his name, but apparently he locked me in the garage when I was like two, <laughs> and my, for now. hours. Shit. Oh my god! Not cool. Yeah. Back to what I said earlier, well, kids are dicks. Yeah, kids are fucking dicks. Seriously. Um, by so hours, I mean probably on, 20 minutes, but anyway. Exactly. <laughs> um, she thinks to herself, I'm going to die now. The faces of my father, my friends flash before me, the people I loved and would never get to say goodbye to. I prayed that it wouldn't hurt, but he didn't fire. Instead, he reached around and unfastened my seatbelt. Oh, no. No, no, then no, 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 no. he pulled me out no. of the wheelchair and threw me onto the floor. No. Uh. As I fell, I waited to feel my bones break, but I landed on my side almost gently as if an invisible force had cushioned my fall. Thank God. Oh, my God. I waited again for him to shoot me or pull off my clothes and rape me. But instead, I saw him pushing my caregiver down the hall at gunpoint, like leading her down the hall at gunpoint. Mm -hmm. Then they were out of sight and I was helpless on the floor. They just he just left her there. He just tipped her out of her fucking chair and left her on the floor, which like to be. I mean, God, thank God she wasn't sexually assaulted or beaten. Or like, killed, yeah. shot in the back of the head. Or shot, but also, uh, yeah, just that, like, very real feeling of helplessness. I have been in mm. not that situation, yeah. but a similar, not even a similar, but a situation where I can't move. And it's mm-hmm. every morning when I'm in bed, if I want to roll over, again, not the same thing, not at all the same thing, but that feeling of, oh, can't move now, can't do anything, right. gotta just wait. So like yeah. Yeah. that plus the added fear of everything that's going on, I would, I don't know mm-hmm. how I would react. Wow. And it's just such a reality check that like we are so fortunate to just be in moderate control of our own bodies. Because there are so many people without that same privilege. Yeah. And uh. I couldn't imagine the fear of being in a scenario where I was incapacitated in any way and like with a gun to my head. Like it's just well, waiting to be killed or raped. Yeah. yeah. How did someone so get in her up. house? I want any oh, to know. Oh, we will find out. Um, so I started to crawl. She's like, I got to fucking figure out how to f- save myself and my caregiver slash best friend. Um, I was starting to crawl toward the front door when a tall, bald man appeared in the doorway. Are you okay? He asked. Do you need help? I didn't recognize him and cried out. You're not with him, are you? Please don't hurt me. Because I'm like, you wouldn't be able to fucking trust anybody. People are just coming into your fucking house. Yeah, totally. He said he was my neighbor. I decided to believe him. Just then another neighbor, a young man who I knew, ran up to the door. Please help me. I cried. They both came in and I quickly told them what had happened. I asked if they had seen my assistant or if the gunman had taken her. The young neighbor reassured me that she was safe at his parents' house and they were calling the police. So it sounds like her caregiver got away Mm -hmm. and ran to a neighbor and then sent, like, called the police and sent people over. Mm Mm-hmm. And then these two neighbors helped me get back into my wheelchair and close the bag of dog food. Just as they got me secure in my wheelchair, the police arrived. So they responded very quickly. Mm -hmm. So she's working with police to narrow down who could have been responsible for this. It's someone who knew the code because they just let themselves in. Yeah. They knew to anticipate the dogs because they brought that fucking bag of dog food. I also just want to say that dog food is not cheap. 
No. So he would have had to steal quite a bit to make mm-hmm. up for the dog food purchase. Well, oh he also God. could have just gotten some <laughs> shit bag of dog food at like the gas station that's like yeah. $6, but still. Yeah. They sell dog food um, at the gas station? Why? They do sell dog food Ugh. at the gas station. For if you get off work late and you realize you don't mm-hmm. have dog food at home. I've had food. to do it before and I feel bad because I usually buy a Cali Rachel Ray Nutrish. <laughs> <laughs> Nutrish. <laughs> she fucking loves it. And then every once in a while I have to get like Purina garbage chow because I forgot because I'm a shit mom and this is why I can't have kids. <laughs> anyway. Um... And this, whoever this was, obviously knew to make her a target. So she's like going back through the list of previous aides and assistants that she had employed. Uh. And one in particular came to mind, a young woman who she'd kind of reluctantly hired. Like her interview process was a little weird and she wasn't super into it, but she was in immediate need of care. Right. And the like in-home care service that she was going through was really not being all that helpful. So she kind of felt like, well, fuck, I just have to hire this person because I need the assistance mm-hmm. quote. I didn't learn much about her except that she had a young son and his father was deaf. They had split up, but were back together again. And she said she often stayed at his home, which was near mine during her first week of work. A credit card I had left on my desk went missing. Oh my God. I asked her and all of my other assistants about it, but she said she hadn't seen it. Everyone seemed sincere and truthful, and there weren't any charges on the card, so I decided it must have gotten lost behind furniture or been chewed up by the dogs. I mean, totally feasible. I canceled the card and pretty much forgot about the whole thing. On top of this sketchy behavior, this woman just wasn't very well suited for the job. She was never able to complete her list of tasks during a shift. Mm -hmm. She was not able to keep up with the physical demands of lifting Karen from her wheelchair and like to the bed or to the shower. Mm. And I, Karen tried to kind of stick it out with her and try to help her learn and improve over the course of several weeks, but things were just not getting any better. So she had to make the challenging decision to let her go. Mm -hmm. Um, which she did like amicably and respectfully. And this woman seemed to accept the news, even extended like a kind holiday email around Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. seeing if she needed any extra food dropped off for like her Thanksgiving dinner, anything like that. Like it all seemed fine. Yeah. It can be really hard to find good caregivers and Mm -hmm. like, cause my, yeah, well, Andrew can speak to this much better than I can, but my, my mother lives with my grandfather and takes care of him and he's turning 90. But like mm. when she needs to go leave the house, whatever, she has caregivers come in. And like one time they gave my grandfather my mother's meds. Oh, no. What? Oh. what? Uh, yeah. Her mom's she, name is, it's Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, that's... <laughs> Unacceptable. Like it was. It was just like uh, there have been so many stories. Like they don't basic one on one. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll like not feed him dinner because they're like they'll like say that they asked him if he was hungry and he always says he's not hungry. But like when you give him dinner, he eats his full dinner. You know, whatever. And and they're like, well, I asked him. He said he wasn't hungry, so I didn't give him dinner. My mom was like, that's not how it works. Yeah. Ah, okay. You don't let a child starve just because they're like being combative about eating. You, f- right. you force feed them some food or make them yeah. porridge or like whatever. Yeah. Good Lord. Okay. Well, super fucking annoying. Um, so all seems well, but thinking more about the behavior of the attacker, Karen started kind of putting the pieces together. 
quote, I thought of what I knew about the aide I had let go and how the attacker behaved. He didn't seem to hear my assistant call out when he first entered my home. Mm. He didn't respond when I said I didn't have my phone. Oh. He spoke with a strange mumble and a lisp. Then it hit me. He was deaf. Mm. So she's like, oh, shit, this could be the the spouse slash yeah. boyfriend. We do of talk the caregiver. so little about disability on disability crime. Mm-hmm. That was a mm-hmm. joke. Mm-hmm. That was a joke. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's lots of disability in this case. Uh, with this solid lead established and detectives working hard on her case, Karen thought everything was coming to a close and she could move on with her life. That was until a few days later when she got a call from the Home Depot fraud department regarding some odd charges. They reversed the charges and Karen hoped this was just a fluke incident until more calls started coming in. Purchases at Walmart with one credit card, online shopping with another, uh, personal information search sites that were like pinging her social security number and all this shit. Shit. Karen had all of these cards in question in her possession. So it dawned on her uh, that credit card information was like written down by someone who had been in her home. Yeah. And she's thinking about the credit card that had gone missing right after the aide started working for her. Now that card had been canceled, Mm -hmm. but she's like, okay, shit, somebody stole that card. I canceled it. All was well there, but now all these other cards. Yeah. Like this person went through her fucking wallet and was writing down her credit card numbers and then using those cards. Yeah. 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 So she's canceling the car. She's getting the identity theft issue under control. And that should have been enough until Karen received a threatening email a few days later. So this is going on for like over the course of the next month or so. She's just like has had this terrorizing experience. And then all of these residual uh, continuing experiences. Having to cancel credit cards is a harrowing experience on its own. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So she received a threatening email while out to dinner with her assistant. Quote, the writer claimed to be part of a group of mercenaries who were hired to attack me. They said I was supposed to be alone and that we were lucky that my assistant was there. Like they could see her or something. Um, They said that now a quote, secondary arrangement was in effect. I was to send them $17,000 in gift cards or they would kill my friends, family and dogs. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, I guess on the one hand, like when you can, it's harder to track like a Visa gift card. Yeah, you can get yeah. just like cash on a card, like it a Visa. Like, yeah, really funny. So that sounded stupid to me yeah. when I first read it, and then I was like, oh wait, I ask for Visa gift cards every year for Christmas, so like <laughs> I can see this. Um, I should start threatening my family to send me seventeen thousand dollars in Visa gift cards when when they ask for my Christmas list. I'm going to send a threatening email. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to back up their threats, they included personal contact information for my family and some friends, information taken from Facebook and the IntelliSearch, search. That's like a online like identity search site that was done with my credit card. They correctly identified two of my best friends and listed the names of all of my dogs. Oh, no. Which, uh, that would fuck me up if anybody threatened my pets. I'd be like, take Kenyon and Lucy, leave (laughs) Elvis and and Callie alone. (laughs) They said if I involved the police or if any of them were arrested, they would retaliate. I contacted the police immediately and and waited about an hour for officers to come and search my home before I went back inside. So she's outside in her car for like a fucking hour. Because police are like, this is not an emergency. It's like, bitch, this woman has been fucking terrified for the last. A masked gunman entered her home, so I call it an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know I that detail really frustrated me. It's like, dude, don't fucking make me wait. I understand resources are limited, but also like this is San Diego. There's a lot of. Place. I want to speak to your manager. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely do. Um, my mind flashed through every movie I'd seen where people have to flee for their lives. Now that was my life. What do you pack when you only have a few minutes? I made frantic calls trying to find someone who could take my dogs. I couldn't find anyone except for my service dog. They would all have to stay home that night. I was in tears as we checked and secured every door and window of my house. All I could do is pray they would be safe. Cause she wanted to say, she wanted to stay like at a hotel or, yeah. Um, so for weeks while arranging to move away from San Diego, because now Karen has been so terrorized and feels so move. unsafe that she's literally moving wow. and her, I didn't go into all of these details because, um, these are shorter dives, but she made very, solid points that I really didn't think about, about like the financial repercussions. Yeah. Of Even staying this... in a hotel for one night is expensive. Yeah. And she stayed in hotels for like weeks because these, these people had information on her friends and family. So she didn't want to stay with her friends and family because she didn't feel safe. And she felt, she felt like that would put them at risk. Right. So she's paying a ton out of pocket and then she's paying to relocate. She's leaving the city that she knows. Right. It's breaking just like, a lease potentially. Yeah. Like, ugh. yeah, it's super fucked up. So for weeks while arranging to move away from San Diego, Karen lived out of hotels with police protection. She received more email threats and locked up all of her cyber presence at the recommendation of police. And like something that she's really passionate about is her blog. And it's like, really it's a really great website actually and to be have to imagine like we all have to stop podcasting because of like our own personal safety yeah Shit. yeah it's like this is something that was very much ingrained into her life and this these people took away so much more than like just I'd breaking in and trying to like steal so some credit cards and shit they did away her livelihood they yeah. did they completely took away her fucking livelihood she had to give up two of her dogs <gasps> Uproot her entire life. Yeah, what? the dogs she did confirm have gone to very good homes, but because she had to move and she has six dogs, she could like keep her service very dog. Difficult. And then, yeah, to, oh, no. to have a Sophie's landlord choice. let you have six dogs. Yep. Yeah, she had exactly. to choose which two dogs to give away. Oh, I know. I can't even. Um, she had to uproot her entire life and move away from the friends, family, and support that she knew in order to feel safe again. Months later, Karen finally, after relocating, and obviously she is not shared on her blog or any of her social media where she now lives, but she's very, very far away from San Diego. I don't even think she's in California anymore. Um, Karen got a call from the detectives that had been working on her case that suspects had been apprehended and that it was in fact the man she suspected, which she fucking told detectives. And like, and I understand you need to have proof. I totally get it. I understand that evidence is important, but I do sometimes just feel like, this system is so fucking slow and it allowed for these people to continue accessing like phones, computers, ways to terrorize this woman. And I wonder and if she it had was, fucking cracked the case herself. Was it slower because she was disabled? Did they, did they take it? I wonder that too. Yeah. Like, did they take it less seriously? Cause she was a wheelchair user. Then it was like, I want to speak to your supervisor now. Becky. Yeah. Becky. Right. Yeah. It's really she hard can't not march to into the police questions. station and be like, do this. I mean, yeah. Right. Also, it's could that so frustrating. caregiver, quote unquote caregiver, still be out there victimizing other people during those mm. months? Right. Funny you should say that. We'll get oh. to it. Um, so they had been apprehended. It was the person that she suspected. He faced six felony charges and was being held on a $400,000 bail because it was an armed 
assault, obviously. She soon saw a $400,000 charge on her credit card. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) Oh my God, I'd be so pissed. Um, Her former aide was also arrested and charged with three felonies related to identity theft and burglary and held on a $100,000 bail. But that initial um, arrest was not in tandem with the attack on Karen. Oh, so more charges were to come down the pipeline because of the attack on Karen. But this woman had orchestrated other attacks at working through this home care, like state funded home care system mm-hmm. and had had targeted and victimized other disabled people that she worked with, getting their information, knowing how to access their homes, knowing where they kept, you know, valuables, money, things yeah. like that, like learning the intricacies of these people's homes and then giving that information to somebody else who's willing to break in. Mm-hmm. It's so fucked up. I'm looking it's back really at my door I'm at the same door she had right now being like, Oh fuck. Holy shit. We got to get so you sorry. like a door stopper or something. Yeah, oh. seriously. Got a whining crime door stopper. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to hire round the clock <laughs> security for you and you will just be protected at all times. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. So Karen is now happily living in a safe location, getting her life back. Um, her blog is back up and running. Definitely check it out if you get a chance. Again, again, it's called Free Wheelin', uh, Life and Travel with Disability. Uh, super fun blog. She seems like just like a very lively, fun, smart, outgoing person. And I just like genuinely enjoy her writing. And it was like perusing her blog for hours. It was like, <laughs> oh, I only need like a 20 minute case. Calm down. <laughs> um, so I'm super happy for her to like have her have this kind of be behind her now but this is definitely one of those situations where it's like you lose faith in so many different systems obviously the police kind of frustrating although in some ways it's like yeah they're doing the best they can in other ways it's like really you're gonna make me sit outside my house for an hour you're gonna not fucking follow the leads that i give you and make an arrest sooner it takes you months to apprehend these people when i'm like hey guess what guess who it fucking is right um And now she's had to uproot her entire life. She's had to spend tons of money. I think she was planning on filing a civil suit for, uh, like, uh, reimbursement, basically, for all of the fucking money she had to spend to just be safe. Get back to neutral, yeah. Exactly. And I'm really hoping that that has resolved and that she does get some money back because she fucking deserves it. It's so fucked up. Yeah. I'm kind of glad oh. for her that she's not in San Diego anymore because I was there a few weeks for a few weeks ago for a week trip for a work trip. That is mm-hmm. the most inaccessible city. There are mm. two cabs in all of that city for disabled oh, people. No. One's not working. I've never been. It's I mean it's pretty there, but if we're talking mm-hmm. just from accessibility, it's hor- it's 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 a trash fire. Yeah, Dang. fuck that shit. All that's right, so do better, annoying. San Diego. Yeah, do better everywhere. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's my case. I'm wishing Karen the absolute best. I'm glad that Karen found great, great adoptive homes for her wonderful dogs. And we love you. I hope that you're well. Oh, wow. We also love Andrew. We do love Andrew. Special thanks to Andrew this week. Thank Thank you for coming on. on. And so we have been planning this for months and I'm so excited that it finally happened. I am too. Yes, 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 yes. Love you so much. Amazing. God bless. 
All right, special thanks this week. Huge special thanks to our special guest, Andrew Gerza. Andrew, we love you. Ugh. Check out Andrew's podcast, so Disability After Dark. It's incredible. Ugh. Love it. So amazing. Such a fun show. And we've been on it before, and we will be doing all of mm-hmm. this again. Because we love you. Um, also, special thanks to Carla Benzow. Wow. wow. Oh, wow. Benzow. Carla Benzow. <laughs> Thank you for your $5 a month. <laughs> Thank you, Christina Amato. You say Amato, I say Amato. Amoto. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Amazing. you, Christina. Thank you to... Oh! Oh. Amanda, Amanda Jansen. I'm dancing for Amanda Jansen, my name twin. You're an AJ just like me. I love, love it. it. We also I love, love you. Jennifer Holmberg. Oh, not yes. to be confused with the Hindenburg. I've learned a lot about the Hindenburg lately. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you've been randomly Googling the Hindenburg like frequently. I think I like, didn't really fully grasp what it was fun fact no a bunch of people died on board obviously but like Uh one person on the ground died from like fiery falling debris yeah we read that at the funeral museum in doubt in houston Houston. yes oh my god well that was a weird rant thank you jennifer holmberg (laughs) nailed it thank you to heidi anderson heidi saying hi to you heidi ho hi die hi die anderson hi Hi die anderson (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you also to Neva Abbott McClam. I'm getting all McClammed up just thinking about how grateful I am for your $5 a Shirley month. Shirley McClam. <laughs> I love it. Thank you to Cynthia Catherine. Sinful Cynthia. Thank you for giving us your $5 a month donation. Ooh, Sister Cynthia Catherine. Wow. Sister Cynthia Catherine. Ooh, Sister Mary Catherine. Okay. Thank you, <laughs> Stephanie Martin. Mm, Martin for your Mm. donation. Love it. Stephanie Martin. Mm. (laughs) Nailed it. Thank you, Lindsay Near. I just want to be near to you. Near, Father Near. Near, Father Near. Uh, Thank you also to Vanessa. No last name needed. Mm -mm. You're like Cher or Madonna. You anonymous queen or king or both or neither. Mm Mm-mm. Bless your Vanessa heart. <laughs> Thank you to Maya Winterfeld. You sound like the queen of the north. Ooh. Oh, my God. Okay, it's almost time for me to watch the entire Game of Thrones series again. I know. I know. I just thought about that the other day. I do it annually. Watch the whole damn thing. What's wrong with me? God bless. Anyway. Thank you also to Jessica Lyles. You're you're uh, you're so lyleish. You're wild, Jessica Lyles. Jessica Lyles. <laughs> That's right, no lie. We're tired. Lyle. We all have colds. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Denise Davis. Double D Davis. Oh. God bless. Uh, thank you, also Jessica Grubel. Ooh. Grubo. Makes me want to get some grub. Oh yeah, I want to grub you and hug you with your consent. Ooh. Oh, always with consent. <laughs> and Brooke Martin, Babylon Brooke, thank you so much for your $5 a month donation. Maybe Brooke is related to Stephanie because they have the same last name, which isn't at all common. Mm, not common. Mm-mm. Not common Mm-mm. at all. Stella Krupko increased their pledge from $1 to $5 a month. Jessica Krupko. What's that song? Officer Krupp, yeah. go, you're really up. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen West Side Story, so I don't know. 
Kelsey Moriarty, you are a mysterious character from Sherlock Holmes Moriarty. Isn't that an on the road, too? Moriarty? I don't even know. Who the fuck knows? I wasn't an English major. But I love it. <laughs> Who also increased their pledge? Oh, yeah, from two to five. Fun fact, you can do that. Love those increases. All right, kicking us off on the uh, $10 tier, which will get you a free fucking patriarchy wine glass in the mail as soon as we're back from tour and I can wrap my fucking head around it. Oh, God bless. (laughs) Emily Johnson, Mm. you got one coming in the mail to you. Thanks, it's a Johnson's. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping up with the Johnsons. Oh, my God. Stacy Glass, how fitting that you be getting a fucking patriarchy wine glass in the oh, mail, you Stacey did that Glass. For, I a, see what you did there, Stacey. I see you, Stacey Glass. You're a hot piece of glass. <laughs> <laughs> so is Tatiana. Ooh. Olazabal. Ooh. Nailed it. Olazabal. Nailed it. Uh, Tatiana. That is honestly one of my favorite first names. It's such a beautiful name. You need a tiara on your sweet head, Tatiana. Mm. Yeah, you do. And Shamra Lacey, you're shimmering, <gasps> Shamra. Thank you so much for your $10 a month donation. Sham wow, Shamra. Mm, Sham wow. Danny Malor, Meller. Mm. Sasha Valor, Danny Malor. Oh, Danny Malor. You are. Mm. Mm. I don't even know. More than words <laughs> is all you have to do make it Oh my God, Westlife though, you guys. And have to say that you love me. Okay, we're done. Anyway, Danielle Haywood. Hey, Danielle Haywood. You are the first of the trash queens on this special thanks. Can't wait to send you some dirty, dirty trash. Robert Dirty Trash. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> we're going to send you dead fish eyes in oh. the mail. Oh, my God. Speaking of eyes... Yeah. My glass eye that I got when we were in Texas. Yeah. Ugh, it is my yeah. favorite thing. I have to post it on Instagram. It's so yeah. good. She cute. She's so cute. She's winking. Okay, moving on. Thank you, Sarah Ward. You trash queen or king or both or neither. We will gladly be your ward. Yes, gladly. And Jenny Picciano or Picciano, not sure how you pronounce it, but you are playing my piccolo, Jenny Picciano. <laughs> Thank you for increasing your donation from 5 to $15 a month, and you are also going to be getting some dirty trash. Hey, look who's back. It's Stacy Glass. Wait a minute. Wait a wait minute, Stacy. You snuck in Just there. Just couldn't wait. St- couldn't wait. Stacey Glass increased their pledge from five minutes ago from <laughs> 10 to $15 a month. So you get that glass and that trash. I just might send you a second glass. I don't know. OMG. Stacey Sometimes thing, mistakes happen. Oh my God, there's another Martin. No this way. Is what is this? Jamie Martin, I'm assuming definite relation to all the other Martins listed here, as well as Steve Martin, is kicking off our $25 a month tier. So you, if you haven't already, should send us your topic selection and or case selection. And assuming we can actually get it, wine selection. That $25 a month tier gets you all of those stacking amazing little treats. And you get to pick for us what you want to hear. Oh, so good. 
Thank you mm-hmm. for all of you triplets for donating at yeah. the same time. That was really generous of you. So sweet. Thank you also to Amina Munster. Oh, our favorite cheese. I mean, you're amazing. Amina Munster. I mean, I love a monster. Don't forget to send us your pics. Mm-hmm. And same to you, Jessica Medal. Medal. Oh. There's a bright golden Jessica in the meadow. <laughs> they increased their donation from $15 to $25 a month because they just wanted more than trash. They wanted to control yes. our show. And we are here for it. You can have it. Mm. Last but not least, we got Emily Blair. Holy shit, Emily Blair. I know you, Emily Blair. I see you at your $60 a month. Are you kidding me? My God. God, Emily Blair, thank you. Thank you you so much. Thank you to all of our Patreons. That is so many mozzarella sticks that y'all send us every month. And it's actually really funny because we haven't spent any Patreon money yet on mozzarella sticks. But one of these days, I think we need to make a Patreon patron appreciation video of us eating mozzarella sticks sensually in silence for you. I mean, we have another three weeks left of this tour, so. I think we can make that happen. I think that would be great. It's going to happen. We've just been inundated inundated with Tex-Mex for the last week or so. So, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. My poor butthole. Oh, seriously, I'm giving my asshole a break. Yeah, big time. On that note. All right. Well, <laughs> until next time, got to run to the toilet. Love you. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Hi, I'm Alicia Holland. Hi, I'm Emily Rowney. And we are Murder Murder in in the the Rain, Rain. along with Q Josh. Josh. So we're a local to the Northwest podcast. We're focusing on true crimes of the Pacific Northwest. Some of the cases you're very familiar with. And a lot of them are lesser known gems of the Northwest. We've been lucky enough to interview some authors, psychologists, psychiatrists, and even survivors to get their take and perspectives on the crimes that we talk about. So give us a listen. Once you listen and love us, rate us and subscribe. Be sure to check us out at murderintherain.com. You're going to get pictures of the people in the stories, links to important content, and even a Google map with locations of the scenes of the crime. <laughs>